All right, so on this very show, we have pondered many A.C. Slater possibilities. We talked about Mm A.C. Slater taking a shit where he has to take his pants off to sit backwards on the toilet. Yep. Mm -hmm. As is his style. Right. Uh, I think the most recent and probably most hilarious one several episodes ago, we talked about how does he drive a car? Because <laughs> he right. has to like, straddle the sit. seat and just go in reverse all yeah. the time. <laughs> so he's got to take the headrest off, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That still delights me. I was cracking uh-huh. up thinking about that earlier. And it got me to thinking about, too, okay, what is the, what is the A.C. Slater approach to missionary-style sex? <laughs> Because he can't just be on top face to face with the lady. No, he's got to go backwards. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, the nearest I can think about <laughs> is that he has to have her like lay really close to the edge of the bed, and then he puts himself in almost like a handstand like position, right. uh huh, <laughs> and tries not to like kick her in the face. <laughs> and she's just watching his his Slater butt, I guess, right. the whole time. Now. It, I do feel like that's the way Slater would go because you know he wasn't he wasn't the brightest guy. He wouldn't figure out. Oh, reverse cowgirl, dummy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the lady's on me backwards. Then right. he's like, "Wait, am I the chair now?" Whoa! <laughs> what if that's the thing? Is like he can't bear the thought of being a chair. That's like he it. can't face a chair. He's like, I can't do it. Maybe he has like a phobia. He hates chairs. That's why he he sets them like that so he can teabag them. God damn it! My father was killed by a chair. Now look at me. I am the chair. <laughs> I've become the thing I hate. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's got to be weird, right? I think so. Yeah, a little bit. Somebody's into it, though. For Somebody's sure. into it. For sure. And I'll tell you what, you're definitely into the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, Whoa. the Ultimate Horror Movie Podcast, featuring the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, the guy who ponders how AC Slater has sex all the time, <laughs> Uncle Ben Eller. <laughs> and hey, Preppy, it's me, Hollywood Steve. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Ty West's X from 20 and 22, yep. uh, which is a fucking great film. We're yeah, talking about this because it is coming out, well, its sequel is coming out this prequel. week, Pearl. Yeah, it's true. It's yep. a prequel. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's prequel is coming out this week, mm-hmm. and we just wanted to talk about it and yak about it and all that jazz. But of course, before we do that, we're going to do our usual shit shooting, catching up, all that jazz. If you want to get straight onto the movie review portion, there's a time set for you in the podcast description. That way, you can't come at us in those iTunes reviews and be like, <laughs> they took so long to get to the movie. Listen, we told you when the movie talk right? started. We told right? you. So when, when you say that, what you're admitting to everyone is that you can't read. What yeah, are you? You can't listen. What's the matter with you? You know? Mm, I don't know. Mm, one out of five stars. Started talking about AC Slater having missionary sex. <laughs> then took so long to get to the movie. It was promising for a minute. <laughs> you may not know this about me, but I'm an AC Slater expert, and that was inaccurate. <laughs> Zero yeah. stars. I'm a Slater scholar, so. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I'll tell you what. I've got myself... A good old case of the of the Sawin sniffles. That's what I call it. Oh yeah, a little, little bit of the 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 what do you call it? Dead leaves stuff. What is it? That's it. That's what they're called. <laughs> the dead leaves stuff. 
I went to the doctor. I said, I've got the Samhain sniffles because of the dead leaf stuff. Right. And he's like, I read you loud and clear. Loud sir. and clear. Here you go. Here's some Zyrtec. I get my, my allergies like a little bit worse at the start of fall, and it has been yeah. just fucking beautiful yeah, hoodie great. and a bowl of chilly weather out here. Mm-hmm. My God, it has been yep. fucking awesome. A definite contrast from the past, like, you know, six months where it's been 100 degrees every <laughs> fucking day. Yeah, and I feel like this is fool's fall. Um, we're yeah, probably going probably. Probably to get hit by some heat coming up, I bet. I would say that you're right, man, but I'm enjoying it while we have it. I've had myself a pretty damn good week. How's your been? Oh, it's great, man. I've been uh, honestly just watching a lot of stuff, researching for this movie uh, for some of it, but also just for enjoyment others. So, Like you do. Yeah. What about you? What have you been up to? Man, I've been having a pretty dang good one. We had a really fucking killer Skankbanger show last week. Um, we got a really big Skankbanger show this week, too, at the Open Chord this Friday. And um, our bass player is not going to be there for that one. So I'm kind of oh. going over all these skank tunes on bass, on the big guitar. Oh, you're going to be the bassin'. Yep, I'm going to be free bassin' down there on <laughs> the big strings, like I do. Yeah, So awesome. been doing some review, been writing a bunch of tunes and stuff here lately, man, which has been great. The other day here in Knoxville, we had our um, Punk Rock Flea Market, the second time annually down here at the Mill yeah. Mine. Holy shit, it was fucking awesome, dude. I'll tell you, like, Punk Rock Flea Market Day, I look forward to and I enjoy more than most holidays. It is the fucking best, dude. Man, I was hanging out uh, with my friends Harold and Liz. Shout out to them. They listen to the show. Um, hey. I was hanging out with them, and they were going to the punk rock flea market after I left. I did wow. not know this was a thing. It sounds cool. Did you buy any cool like punk rocks? Dude, we got um, a rock that had a, a, a pink streak of hair. Oh, that's pretty rad. interesting. Mm-hmm. Another one had a, a spiked bracelet. And another one was a skater boy. And he said, you know what he said? See you later, boy. See you later, boy. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I mean, it was said to him. She she said it. That's what she said. This one worked out different. <laughs> oh, this is a okay. different story. <laughs> yeah. Totally different, man. He, uh, I was the boy. He was saying later. He me. was a skater rock. He had a big fat cock. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Everybody sing along. Uh, no, it's fucking awesome, man. Like, they take over the entire street. Everybody's got booths full of, like, awesome art and t-shirts and, like, old horror VHSs and shit. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, stickers, comics, just all kinds of cool-ass shit. They have, like, live, really, like, crusty punk bands playing fucking Rad. loud mm-hmm. that are bad as shit. There's booze. <laughs> there's everything, man. Like, honestly, it's the kind of thing where I'm like... Is this how excited, like, my mom gets when she walks around, you know, antique fairs and shit like that? Yeah. Yeah. And they're playing, like, the Conway best. Twitty in the background or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello, darling. Yeah. Nice to see you. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah, it must be like that. So, we had a fucking awesome time, man. I've had time to watch a couple of things this week that I'd like to tell you about. Oh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to wait for affirmation pause. on that one. That pause has to stay there <laughs> yeah. because what just happened? My brain was like, huh? Oh, right. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> I just thought we might do something different this week and you'd be like, not interested. Frankly, no, don't tell me. Don't that really want to hear about it. <laughs> Give me you know? something new. What books are you reading? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, uh, 
So uh, there is a fan-made documentary about my real dad, Steve Vai, that uh-huh. went up on the yeah. YouTube. It's called Steve Vai, His First 30 Years. Yeah. I was really stoked about that because that's the man himself. That's Mr. Yeah. Steven Ciro Vai, a.k.a. Jack Butler, the, the devil's axe slinger. Did they so mention you, his, his uh, you know, bastard child? You know, I was kind of waiting for him to. Yeah. They didn't get to that, what? but I have a feeling we'll find that out in Steve Vai, uh, his next 30 years. We'll find out later. <laughs> right. <laughs> Turns That's out you bastard children. Exactly right, mm. man. Uh, it was cool. It had a lot of really good like information and details about his career, and there's a lot of stuff that was in there that was sourced out of these these journals that Steve Vai used to have on his website back in the day, and it was one of my first... like oh my gosh, the internet is so cool experiences. Because I remember mm-hmm. whenever we got our first computer, probably around, you know, 1999-ish or so. Right. And we connected to the World Wide Web with an AOL disk that gave you 30 free hours or whatever it was. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> God, try explaining that to young people, right? Uh, yeah, 30 free hours of the internet. Like, wait, Whoa. what? <laughs> That's going to last you a while. Is it? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but like on Steve Vai's website back then, he had uploaded all these old journals that he kept when he was like a teenager and shit. And they had all these like really personal and like really embarrassing, stupid stories in there. And Ooh, okay. at some point they got taken down and I've tried finding him. If anybody knows where to find him, I'd love to go through and read those things again. But there's a lot of good details and stuff about his like personal life that people got from uh, those journals at some point, so I'd like to uh, to find those and read those again. So cool. overall, it was pretty fun. It's like an hour or so long. You can find it for free on YouTube. Okay. Um, a couple nights later, my wife, she was like, hey, you want to watch this here, Hysteria? And I said, fuck yeah, uh-huh. I love Def Leopards. <laughs> okay. So we sit sit down, grab a cold beer, start watching this thing. Man... Turns out it was just about a whole bunch of women needing to get dildoed back in the day. Needing to get dildoed. I got my hysteria on, Doc. Well, have you tried getting dildoed about it? <laughs> Why no, they say. <laughs> I've but seen yeah, this a, you movie. Know, a, yeah. a historical, historical right, yeah. movie. It was actually really fun. It was a sweet movie. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember it, it being a, a, a pretty solid movie. I, th- I think... Yeah. Um, I think when we think back to uh, the solution to hysteria uh, that came about in the late 19th century, uh, a lot of times, and and this movie, you know, kind of thinks of it as like, oh, it's kind of fun and quirky. I don't think most of the women wanted it to happen. Well, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, this is a fun movie and whatnot. The actual history, probably less fun. Probably less fun. The I'm going to go ahead and I guarantee take a guess. There were some women who were like, oh my God, finally don't have to deal with my bore, boring fucking husband. Uh, <laughs> and then here's a dildo. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so that was a fun watch, man. And uh, I did catch a horror flick that I hadn't seen before this week. What's known as An Empty Man. Oh, yeah. I, I saw this uh, about uh, a year ago, I think. Um, I remember it being okay. A little bit um, episodic to me. It felt like it should be a miniseries. Yeah, and I think that probably comes from the fact that it was, I guess, apparently sourced from like a graphic novel. Yeah, so uh-huh. it kind of gives you that issue-by-issue issue sort of feel. Right. Dude, I'll tell you this, man. It has got to be one of the worst marketed movies I've ever fucking seen. Ever. Because I remember seeing the trailer for it, 
and it looks like it's a bunch of like bullshit, you know, Slenderman, yes. uh, Candyman kind of ripoff stuff where it's these kids on a bridge and it's like, oh, you blow into a bottle and you think about the empty man and then he's gone, come and get you. And that's all the trailer is. It's like, this looks like fucking shit. So I, I never watched it. didn't see the trailer until you were telling me about this and sent it to me. And yeah, the trailer looks... Looks terrible. It looks it horrendous. Looks horrible. I, horrible. This is why dude. I don't watch trailers. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, to be real. gained from them. If what I mean, what does it do? If you watch it and it sells you on the movie, maybe. But most of the time, it makes you think a movie looks bad or tells you too much about the movie. Usually, especially yeah. in horror, man. Yeah, you especially know? in horror. Yeah, that's what I'm really thinking of. Is is horror like? Because like, they're always trying to sell a bland movie. I think. Like, I think they're trying to make every movie look like it's going to be just any other horror movie you'd go see. They don't really capture the unique quality, and I guess you kind of can't in a trailer format. It, mm-hmm. it, it just seems terrible for horror overall. Yeah, I think yeah. so, and this was this was the worst, because whenever you start the movie, it's, it's nothing like that. It's got a no. lot more in common with like The Ring to me, where it is kind of this detective story of a person trying to figure out what's going on, and there's yeah. these weird semi-supernatural circumstances going on. Dude, it had some shit in there that legitimately creeped me the fuck out. Yeah, I was watching yeah, it by myself like super late at night, and there's some stuff going on in that movie that really was yeah freaking me out i do feel like it it peaked about two-thirds of the way through yeah yeah like, it the gets ending doesn't long. really do it for me you know yeah it's got some really cool visuals too i, I it think does. it's worth to watch it sh- i think it would have been better if it was just four 30 minute episodes or something probably yeah and honestly like whenever it starts to to remind itself that it's got to do some spooking and it actually like shows you the empty man and shit. That's uh-huh. easily the worst part of the movie. Like that shit. <laughs> yeah. It's it pretty kinda, lame. That felt like studio pressure to me. Yeah. It kind of, kind of, yeah, just too much. It, it, it was really built building a lot of good tension early on. I think. Yeah. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. man. So I don't know. I would still recommend watching it. I enjoyed yeah. it, especially if you like movies like the ring, I think you'll probably, probably enjoy this one go into it not really knowing anything about it and knowing that that trailer is not at yeah, all skip the trailer. what the movie is <laughs> from what i understand like it's one that really just fell between the cracks whenever disney bought all those companies and shit it was like ready to be released and they're like yeah whatever just i don't know get it out we yeah. don't care yeah <laughs> the the studio system is is fully failing us it works great what are you talking about <laughs> I, I somebody was writing somebody wrote about it in a Twitter thread a few days ago that basically explained how so the it, it's basically because of the ending of uh, a Supreme Court decision that we are now dealing with these super companies buying up everything and not releasing stuff and shelving shit and whatnot so it'll be fine thanks. they have our best interests in mind dude oh All yeah it'll work it'll work out great <laughs> i'll tell you what on that note before i ask you about what you've been watching on i'm gonna go ahead and quench my thirst you know what oh, yeah sometimes when i know i'm gonna be hearing about movies somebody watched i get thirsty so i'm gonna need a cobier for that i think that's a you know what listen if you if you got a, a dry whistle while somebody's talking about movies they've recently seen, from my experience, I can't even think about it. That you might as well just uh, 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 die right there, right there on the spot. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that, man. So <laughs> I've got myself an untitled art, 
And uh, dude, this is a this is a doozy. This is a barrel aged double fudgy brownie stout. That's just Damn. fun to say. That's just that fun to awesome. say. Let's get real. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fourteen point two percent. I might drink bloody. half of this. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be checking out for this episode. It is a barrel aged imperial stout with milk sugar, cacao nibs, Belgian candy syrup, natural and artificial flavors. I'm really excited about the artificial ones. Yeah, those find are out the about best those. types of flavors. I think. You know, I'm kind of tired of natural. Entirely made up, straight from a lab, but it, it makes you think like, holy shit, that's buttered popcorn or whatever, you know? Now, I think what they should do with the artificial flavors, and we, we kind of talked about a similar idea on the podcast a couple months ago. If they're doing artificial flavors, go full bullshit with me here. Give me that <laughs> blue banana flavor. You know blue what I mean? Blue banana. Yeah, just get crazy <laughs> with it, why don't you? I mean... I can't imagine what a blue banana tastes like, but I'd like to find out. Why not, right? Yeah. So how's that? Let's find uh, out about this guy. How's that? It is dark as uh, as midnight. It's black as pitch. I tell you what. It's very uh, stout. I imagine. Oh. Oh yes, it is. Oh my gosh, that is a big old beer. That is a life size (laughs) one right there. Life sized beer. It really does, dude. The aftertaste is like I just took a huge bite out of a fudgy brownie. Ooh, wow, nice! Shockingly, is- not boozy. It is quite sweet. I will probably just have half of this. I think, but mm. it's really fucking good, man. Yeah, I could definitely slam down one of them stouts myself. Fourteen percent, you say? Yeah, I would like to. I would like to have that one in a sharing size. I think, but it is tasty. Untitled Art makes great shit. Yeah, they do. So. I've watched a ton of shit this week, and I'll start with one that you watched last week, They Them. Okay, yeah, so you checked it out. All right. I was not really a, a big fan. Like, I, I liked that it was doing something different. I'm all here for having representation of all kinds of people on screen. Good on them for that. It just wasn't a good movie. Sure. <laughs> I mean, when your representation is all victims, uh, and then the ending is... <laughs> Is that the victims decide they're better than that. Um, Let's just forgive the people doing this awful stuff instead of burning it to the motherfucking ground. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. It's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, I I do. You know, I I think there could be a gay conversion camp slasher that would be good. I don't. I don't know, man. It, it seems hard, though. It seems it seems tough to deal with it with the right level of sensitivity because like straight people are watching and they're like, oh, can you imagine how terrible that uh, fictional world would be? And right, a lot yeah. of LGBTQ people are watching and going, yeah, they do that. Th- that's a thing. This is yeah. This is real. <laughs> like all you're doing is bringing this into a, a fictional world. Um. I yeah I, I think they kind of failed and dropped the ball on a lot of levels and I really think it it's a it's an interesting idea that could be good and I'd maybe like to see someone try again um, but maybe not maybe just stay away from it unless you got something real good uh, if it's yeah it's honestly one of those topics that might be better. Once we are at a point in society where all that shit is in the rear view, where it's just like, mm. they used to do this ridiculous, stupid thing right. that nobody does anymore called conversion therapy. How ridiculous. Then right. maybe we could look at this and make it, I don't know, God, should I even use the word entertaining? But it's like when, sure. when we're making a a movie about shit that is going on right now, 
all over the fucking place. I don't yeah. know. It, yeah, Is you it got good? really got to like walk a fine line there, and I think they didn't walk it. Um, I think a lot of the the uh, yeah, you know, you're talking about representation. I think a lot of the the characters were good and and, and strong and kind of represented a lot of different, um, you know, perspectives on being uh, LGBTQ. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it, it seems like a a shitty character, but you got like the suburban blonde girl who is trying so hard to not be gay because it's not normal. Like that's just not how her worldview works. You know, like that's, yeah, that's interesting to me. She is obviously like, I mean, I don't want to say too much. This, <laughs> this is a newer movie, but there, there, there's a lot of like interesting characters in there and then, but it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah, agreed, man. Um, but I, I've watched some other stuff that did do it for me. One being an anthology called The House that's on Netflix. Dude, you've been housing left and right here lately, uh-huh. haven't you? House One, House Two, The House. Next, I'll watch Houseu. Maybe watch then, some House uh, MD. The series House. Yeah, right? <laughs> totally. You're ready for it, man. Yeah. Maybe then you watch. Oh, you know what you do after that. You go through, you just binge this old house. Right. Then watch some Doogie Houser. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, the house, though, is um, it's it's a stop stop motion horror anthology. Oh. I, well, horror is, yeah, horror fantasy type of thing. The first cool. segment, I think, is the strongest. Uh, it also has uh, the voice of Mia Goth. Who oh, nice! Next? Just so you continuity, know. right? Um, but yeah, it, the 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 first one is so fucking good, like really good gothic fiction type of thing. And then the other two, I I enjoyed, um, just to a lesser degree. But I, I think it's well worth a watch. It's on Netflix. The house, nice. check her out. I'm intrigued, man. And that kind of reminds me too. I was going to ask you about this. Have you watched that that stop motion movie that's on? I think it's on Shutter now. Mad God. Have no, you seen I haven't. This yet? I want to see that, dude. Lindsay and Thomas watched it last week, and they uh-huh. said it is utterly fucking bonkers. Just awesome. Fucking nuts. I'm yes. dying to watch okay. it. I got to check that out. Then. <laughs> um, I watched another anthology, British anthology called Asylum from 1972. Oh, I don't know about that one. It was solid. I mean, uh, uh, it basically the premise is, you know, uh, a, a guy touring an asylum and being told the stories of each of the the inmates, and uh, that's a cool framing for an anthology. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, the there's a twist at the end you wouldn't expect for sure. Um, and then each of the anthology segments are are cool. Um, I I, I thought you know I'd never even heard of it, and I, I thought. Uh, definitely worth a watch i mean it's not like the best anthology you'll ever see but it's solid oh so you saying that it's like british is just making me kind of imagining the scenario where you have a guy leading a guy through and he's like oh inmate number 43 over here he got a little bit wibbly wobbly didn't he (laughs) (laughs) hey well this one's gone do lally obviously yeah. We locked him up because he said he didn't like the Beatles. <laughs> That's how we knew he was mad. <laughs> the lads from Liverpool. 
Um, we couldn't even get him to eat his beans and toast in the morning. Oh, well, he's he, definitely... He was off his rocker. He's mad as a hatter, that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, also watched Orphan First Kill, the so prequel I'm, to Orphan. So I wanted to watch that, that dang old Orphan. I still haven't seen that yet, and now watch we got it. another one, and I've heard that it's actually pretty fucking good. It is. Both of these movies are, uh, I think, like just surprise good. Um, the first Orphan, I remember watching it, not knowing anything about it. Uh, watching it and just being like, oh, that was solid. Liked it. Just kind of forgot about it. And then, you know, yeah. here we are, what, like 15 years later or whatever. They, Holy they shit. made a sequel or prequel. Um, and I thought like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. Like, you have to be dealing with de-aging a lot and whatnot. Uh, the de-aging is good. They do a good job. Uh, they also do a good job of like, you know, doing forced perspective stuff and whatnot and just using makeup and whatnot. Um, but also I was kind of worried cause like the, the first one has a twist of I'll, I'll keep it to myself right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll save that spoiler for, for this 15 year old movie, but first one has a twist and I was like, okay, so what are they going to do with this prequel? Like the twist is already twisted. Um, we already know what is this going to do? And surprised me, man. I won't say anything about it, but I was surprised by where it went. The I've heard the same thing. I've yep. heard people say that it's like, just when you thought you couldn't get a twist on top of the twist, the movie right. actually does pull it off, huh? Yep, it does. It does. And uh, I, yeah, I recommend it. It's on Paramount+. Plus. I hope that it's like a sleepaway camp twist, where just at the end, for <laughs> zero reason, it's like, she has a big dick. <laughs> um, no, but... <laughs> He, he, That'd be cool, gonna, right? It's not going to reach sleepaway camp levels for you for sure. Ah, but again, damn. I will recommend that you go to Shutter and watch The Baby if you want to watch a movie that's going to give you a sleepaway like twist. Oh, I keep forgetting about that. You, one. Need you talked to watch about that it, in a while back, man. Yeah. You said it was like a fucking mind eraser. Yeah, man, it's insane. So go watch Shit. The Baby if you want your big twists. But this twist was good. Um, Is the twist that baby has a big dick? <laughs> Um, I'll find out. Okay, I was no going to say that's not exactly a twist. That's kind of the first revelation of the movie. Oh shit! That's where uh, it starts. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, I also watched that Jamie Fox vampire movie on Netflix called Day Shift. Dude, I saw a trailer for it, and I'm just hoping that it's fun. At least, is it fun? Yes. Just turn your mind off entirely and don't think a single thing about any of the exposition that they're saying, which is almost everything they say. I can probably handle that. That doesn't yeah. sound great, but the action okay. scenes are fun and there's a lot of them. So doesn't have like a, a Snoop Dogg in there. There's a Snoop Dogg in there. Uh, there's there's a Dave Franco in there. Um, the comedy's not amazing, but I think Jamie Foxx can kind of carry any movie. I mean, the guy's super talented, and he's he's obviously um, doing a good job in this. It's just, it, it's fun. It, I uh, there's don't think about it too much is what I'll say. Like again, ain't it got vampires? What be contorting their bodies around and so forth? And there? there's there's a, there's one in there. I can't remember if there were several, but there, the first fight, yeah, there's like a contortionist type of vampire thing going on. It, man, I'll tell you, the, the exposition is just the entire movie. Like it is okay. going the entire movie about like all these different types of vampires and you don't need to know any of it. It's not important except that they're obviously setting up a franchise 
And it's Yay. like, uh, well, that's annoying. Why don't you just make a fun action-y vampire movie with Jamie Foxx? So, like, I, I see a lot of people saying it's fun, and I agree. As long as you can shut your mind off and realize, like, yeah, I'm being spoon-fed something that's going to come in threes. So, hmm. All right. Yeah, there's that. Okay. I guess the next one is what? Like, evening shift? I don't know. <laughs> Sounds okay for a, a, a Saturday afternoon kind of watch, it right? It is. It is. I, that's, yeah, just turn it on. Let it play in the background. Do not pay too much attention to it. But pay attention to the action because it's cool. All right, then. All right. Uh, also, on Friday night, we watched a movie called The Virgin Witch. Now, hang on. When you say we, are you talking about the royal we? Uh-huh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was one of the last things the queen got to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched The Virgin Witch with the queen, and she was like, well, I'm off. Ta-ta. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> Cheerio. And then Paddington showed up like, I must take you to the afterlife. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Paddington sounds creepy. Yeah. Seems that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Love Witch. It is. It's a, um, a, a, what do you call it? Virgin Witch. We talked about the, the Love Virgin Witch. Witch. Sorry. I Actually, I, I, I said the Love Witch just now, because if you see the Virgin Witch, you'll be like, ah, she also saw the Virgin Witch. Um, mm, it, I'll probably not like it then. Well, um, I'm not going to try to convince you to watch it, but I found it by looking up horror movies with the most nudity. Sick. Yeah, because we <laughs> we had some complaints in the screaming chat through Action August. No nudity. We didn't have any nudity in any of the movies we watched. Dang. And so I was like, well, I got to come hard. Uh, and so I brought the Virgin Witch, and let me tell you, uh, despite all the nudity, boring as hell. Just a boring movie. <laughs> just, Damn, man. Does it turn out all the nudity, nudity is just balls only? It's just balls? Um, I don't know if there were any balls. There were definitely some a man trip? ass, though. There was some man ass. Men's asses. Like, what if you did see a movie... And it was just chock full of like just balls. Like you never see a dick or anything. Just balls. Just balls. And the movie's the time, just called man. Just Balls. Just the balls. And it just, it's just the 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 Benny Hill music playing in the background of just flashing ball picks <laughs> for an hour and a half. It just might work. It might. It might. <laughs> so yeah, so the, the movie like which, any not good? amazing. No. Um, All right. And then uh, Sunday we watched a movie called Orgasmo. Uh, oh, with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. No, this is with an S. The orgasmo, orgasmo uh, oh. is an Italian movie. And oh, it's a taste of the old country. I see. A little, yeah, a little taste of the old country. Boy, I'll tell you what. The premise of it and a lot of the stuff that happens, I, I think it could have been a good movie. Unfortunately, it was just mostly boring. But it kind of had a funny games feel. Um, a little bit less constantly tense and whatnot, but kind of okay. had a funny games feel. I, I, I think it could have been really good. It just isn't. And the, it also has a good twist ending that you just aren't expecting. All right. Well, let me ask you this between orgasmo and orgasmo, uh-huh. which one had more ass fuck twins? Oh, well, orgasmo. <laughs> Nah, I mean, that's right there. This had zero ass fuck twins, in fact. 
that's and not one that's, single you know what, cock not rocket. <laughs> Damn it, dude! They yeah. missed out. Yeah, I yeah it it um it had it it really did though it had it had moments where I was like this could have been a good movie. Anyway, damn. All right then. Well, I need to watch the original Orgasmo again. It's been so fucking long since I watched that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I wonder if it if it holds up. I I just don't think a lot of the South Park stuff holds up. I, some of it does, some of it doesn't, you know? Like there there's definitely things that yeah, from those first couple of seasons that aren't really that great anymore. They were just kind yeah. of like shocking or whatever at the time. Mhm. Um but haven't really stood the test of time. No. no but I don't no. know. I need to watch it again. It's been a really long time. Yeah. I mean, the South Park movie is still fucking fantastic. It is. It's a great musical. Yeah. But um, I, I yeah, I, I wonder about Orgasma for, for sure. Yeah. But I, I, um, I watched a, a couple of other movies. I'm going to talk about them when we're talking about X. Um, All right. Actually, I say I watch a couple of other. I watched a ton of 70s porn as well. Um, for this, <laughs> for research, for yeah, research, okay. and I'll talk about them too. But uh, all right, I, I had a, a, a busy week of just watching stuff and taking notes on porn, which is something I've never done. I bet that makes it more um, erotic and fascinating to take notes on it, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> You're like, ooh, what an edit! Oh, I'm gonna jerk it so hard because <laughs> that edit was great. It was a good edit. Ooh. Yeah, all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll hear about those when we get to the movie review portion. But as for now, it's time to slip on in. Just get all greased up and mm-hmm. slippity slide on into that preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Ooh, and I'll tell you what. This here movie, this X by a tie West. Bowtie West, if he's formally attired. <laughs> Bowtie West, yeah. Uh-huh. Bowtie West. Tie Bow West. What about Tie Bow West is when he's working out, yeah. Yeah, when he's really fit. <laughs> it features some creepy old people. In fact, could we call them creeple? We absolutely could. Creeple. Maybe we could, you know? Mm-hmm. I tried to make it creepy old people in one word, but it ended up being like creolpole. And I'm not yeah. about to fucking come down on the creole people. I yeah. love your food. No, yeah. Creolpole are cool. Creeple, not yeah. cool. Not really as cool, man. Yeah. Which is, of course, a feature... In many a horror flick, some of which we've talked about here on this very show, holy cow, what you know about some creepy old people, we're going to give you a breakdown of some of the creepiest creeple would have ever graced the silver screen of horror cinema. Steve, let me ask you about this. Okay. You've seen You've seen a creepy grandma. You've seen a creepy grandma on the screen. Mm-hmm. You know what's even creepier? The unseen grandma that's pulling the strings from beyond the veil of death the entire time. What do you know about that old bitch in Hereditary? Damn, she's a creeple. <laughs> So yeah, we're talking about t- uh, Tony Collette's mom, who is is uh, part of this cult that Oof. is leading to the destruction of Tony Collette's entire family and the ascension of her son to you know whatever paymenthood. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. She she definitely like um, she's creepy. But the thing is, we only know her works. Like we don't really get to know her. So. Nope. Maybe she was like a, a nice, pleasant person who was just like, well, yeah, but Payman's got to come back, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So you're saying she might be more of a people than a creeple is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, 
Well, I, I think mm. we need a little more evidence about this this uh, uh, grandma to say she's a creeple. But I'll tell you what, all those people standing around naked were sure creepy. So, Ooh, man, I mean, if we just if we just extrapolate from the people she hung out with, she's probably pretty creepy. Judge a person by the company they keep. I, right? They say, don't they? Uh-huh. You know what? I'll tell you what. I like my grandmothers with heads on. Thank you. <laughs> You know, serve me my shrimp and prawns with the heads off. That's fine. But bring me my grandmother's with the heads attached, please. <laughs> Best time like for better that has a head, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> so think about that. I think that's pretty fucking creepily right there. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, what do you know? creepily you think about? What do you know about... I? We didn't talk about this one before. It just reminded me of the guy from the burbs in the wheelchair who also oh. is the voice of the uh, uh, doctor guy in Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. He yeah. is. That Holy guy shit. plays two creepy old men. A creep- He's also a, a, a creeple in, uh, in that movie where uh, he gets killed by a dang old cat. Oh, yeah. That guy Tales specialized in being a cre- person. Yeah. What is that dude's fucking name? I man? don't know. Chris's vacation. It's the grandpa from that. Yeah, him too. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, he does some creepling. I <laughs> think you're right, man. Creeple. I'm telling you, creepling. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're swimming in creeple. I think we sure are, man. Some of them's even in a dang old bathtub. They're right. swimming in creeple creeplehood so bad. What do you know about that old soggy lady? What be right. infesting the Overlook Hotel in a Shining? What do you know yeah, about that she, lady? She, um, you know, she uh, she likes to trick you in. She likes to hassle little kids, you know, hassle jostle them, yep. them about by the sweater. Uh, she likes to lure men in and then be like, you just kissed an old lady. Ha ha ha. Fooled ya. Not what you expected, huh? Ha, I just ha, realized ha, she that says. was the worst thing she does. Is she's like, oh, I'm hot. Not really. Ha ha. J slash K. Rotten. <laughs> and the, what a punchline. That, by the way, that, that definitely has some influence on this movie we're talking about today. That, oh, absolutely. That, like, yeah. Difference between youth and, and, and uh, age and whatnot and, and how age can uh suddenly make uh, someone non-sexual but yeah well, that, dude, that- especially if they go around tearing a perfectly nice jumper <laughs> he had a nice rocket ship jumper and she went and tore it didn't she that was a great jumper that proves that kubrick faked the moon landing <laughs> obviously it's right. right there on front street man <laughs> i'll tell you what though you know whenever i was writing down this list of names i wrote down tub lady and i was like damn Oh no! Is not this tub, tub girl. girl all grown up? Oh, is this no. her grown up? No, not tub girl. She Nobody just stayed go in her tub. tub. Girl, if you don't know what this is, and if you talk do, talk about some early internet. Yeah. I apologize that we lived through that time. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Tub Girl now? Honestly, we need like a TV show or something that finds, <laughs> like, find me Star Wars kid, find me yes. Tub Girl. Yeah, you know? early meme people. Like, where are they now? Where's Tub? Do girl? you think like? I bet the entire Lemon Party's dead already, aren't they? Yeah, no, the Lemon Party guys, they probably kicked off like a decade ago. Or they're all elected officials, which is probably more likely. (laughs) Right? Yes, absolutely. You think you're voting Democrat. You're voting Lemon Party, actually. (laughs) I'm down for it. I mean, 
It's just sure, some old fine. dudes fucking. I mean, whatever. <laughs> At least they're open about it. Yeah, you know? it's cool. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah, Tub Lady, one of my least favorite ladies. She's a creeple for sure. Um, Who else we got on this list of creepersons? I'll tell you what. What do you know about a couple? Hey, they live in your apartment building. Hey, they seem all nice. They uh-huh. just want to deck you out with some tannis root and worry right. about your baby and, and have some big conversations and so on. Yeah. I'll talk about them damn old castavets from a dang old rosemary baby. Yeah, they what are. What do you know about them? They are creepy as hell, and they got just a bunch of creep person friends. Just I mean, creeple all okay. over the place. They do. They do, but... They are just looking out for that little old gremlin. That's you know? true. You do have to consider that they, from their perspective, they're good people. They, they think just, so. They just facilitated a, a, a demon sexually assaulting a lady and then gaslight her until they can steal her baby. Okay, those happen to be two of my <laughs> least favorite things that they do. That's You're fair. Right. Okay, now name some nice things they do. They feed They're, her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they give her some food and stuff. Um, they, uh, okay, that's probably about it. That's yeah, all I can come up with. Yeah, but it was good food, I bet. Yeah, right. Probably. Yeah. So, probably still creeple. Let's be honest. Yeah, they're creeple, for sure. Yeah. What do you know about God is in his house? Oh. An old creeple preacher. God is in his holy temple. Oof. Oh yeah. my God. That guy's creepy as fuck. And Reverend like, Cain. Yeah. And, and, well, I guess he's not really a guy. He's a representation of the poltergeist, right? Or was he really? I can't, I can't remember, remember the history honestly. of it. I think yeah. it was like an actual congregation and he was like led by some force or whatever but yes that's right we need to do that movie because that that, that's like a solid sequel i think it's pretty damn good honestly yeah let us know if you guys think we should do that one yeah we got you know for sure spooky season coming up here we got some ideas going on but we're listening to y'all so Mm -hmm. let's know if we should do a poultry geist geist on the show have you seen poultry geist I think so. It's Wait, no, I've great. seen Thanks Killing. No, I've seen yeah. Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing, I, I, I think, uh, still a fun time, even though there's a couple of mid 2000s jokes in there. Yeah. Poultry Guys. That is true. I don't know. It's boring, I think. It's a All musical. Right. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay, very cultured. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kane, what a creepy old fucking guy, yeah. man. Got them dang old horse teeth. Yeah. I think that guy was actually like dying of stomach cancer while they were filming that too right like he was in really bad shape but like the way it made him look super gaunt and shit made it really creepy that guy was awesome think about this because like there's two ways to look at this like uh you know you could be sad about it and be like oh this poor man working through stomach cancer to be you know portrayed as creepy but then like think of it from an actor perspective like he might be thinking like, oh my God, this is the creepiest I could ever be. I'd like to do that. Fucking uh, sick. Yeah. Like, I, I do wonder, I'll, again, maybe we got to do Poltergeist just so I can look up. Like, was he, was that something he was cool with? Or was he just like, oh, I got to make money before I die for my family? Or I'll tell you what. I like to think that life handed him lemons and he turned it into Creepalade. Creepalade. <laughs> Pretty sure he did. <laughs> Pretty sure he did, man. Pretty so yeah, let's sure. do that on okay. the show sometime soon, man. Now let me tell you this: we've seen creeple in your house. We've mm-hmm. seen people in the bath. Yeah. You ever seen a creeple on a bicycle? Oh yes, I have. 
in In the Mouth of Madness. Because holy shit is that shit ever creepy. And it's just a guy on a bike. Yeah, and and he's like, the old makeup's not even like great. But it's just That's what makes it weird. Yeah. It's just shown in like that flash real quick and then kind of in the dark. But yeah, it's the the kid on the bicycle when they're trying to get to uh, Hobbs End. And the next, you know, they see him a couple times. And then that last time they see him, he's suddenly this like old person. But like, yeah, the the fact that the old makeup is bad is kind of like part of why it's so creepy. I'd say it's Dude, bad. The, yeah. It's not bad. It's it's obvious. Well, I'll put it to you this way. So, you know, him and actually now that I think about it, the old lady that runs the desk at the hotel yes. that they stay at, uh-huh, the, she's a fucking creeple too. She Holy is. She shit. She does a great job of being creepy as hell in that. Whenever she appears later on and she's in her full like eldritch fucking form yes, and she has tentacles, tentacles and shit. And she's hacking Holy up her husband. Fuck, oh, man. Yeah. That is a penultimate creeple. But like with her and the old guy on the bike, like the makeup and the effects are in such a, a a weird spot for me where it's in that uncanny valley where yes. your brain is just like, I don't like this. It really fucking creeps me out, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with you because like that, that is kind of like, that's part of the strength of that movie in the Mouth of Madness is that like it has so many like, like jarring interesting effects like that little girl that has like the fucking pustules and stuff on her face and like her yeah. eyes are all fucked up. But what like, you know about a goddamn monster wall? Damn. Yeah, the whole wall of monsters chasing up. Goddamn, I love that movie. Let's so build much. a wall, a monster wall, <laughs> a monster wall. What? <laughs> and we're gonna make the eldritch gods pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna meme that and put it on our Instagram or yeah, some shit. That's I have great. to. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fucking awesome. I think that's one of the most underrated flicks ever. I know we say it about that movie on the show yeah. all the time, but seriously, Mouth of Madness so is fucking the fucking good. best. What a movie, dude. Yeah. And honestly, that old man makeup kind of reminds me of another dang old creeple just trying to enjoy his retired years, getting some peace and quiet after all his hard days in the slaughterhouse. I'm talking about a dang old <laughs> Texas chainsaw creeple, old grandpa in there. God. What do you think about him? I remember Ugh. as a kid when he like starts moving because like severe dislike severe up to that point i remember just assuming he was dead and then he starts moving and that freaked me out as a kid so yeah i just thought he was like mummified like initially he's up there with with grandma who's like clearly just a fucking skeleton Uh and he's just sitting up there motionless in this little like attic alcove, yeah, I just thought he was like a mummified old guy, and it's like, oh no, he's fucking alive. Yeah, dude. Oh man. Oh, creepy as fuck. And they feed like they feed him the blood, and he's like, he's like doing that like baby hand ugh, thing. Ugh, like, I hate it. Oh god, ugh. dude. I that that's like probably one of the best like brief performances in a horror movie. Just. The oh, guy playing yeah. grandpa and that it's really just that one scene because he doesn't he doesn't move for anything else. Yeah, other than when he's trying to hoist that hammer up and then right. whack her in the in the yeah. dang noggin. Hey, I'll tell you this though, he might be a creeple, but unlike all these millennials, he still likes to work. Huh? <laughs> Even grandpa likes to work. Nobody wants to work no more. But he's like, Hell yeah, give me that hammer. I'll swing it. 
I can absolutely see that. The Sawyer family works, you know, at least. <laughs> Instead of these hippies running around talking about astrology. That one fella don't even walk. <laughs> He's so lazy, he don't even walk none. At least the Sawyers get up and move about. By God. Hey, you ever see a Sawyer ask for a handout once? I don't think so. They might ask for a hand. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Only hand out I want is one I can nibble on. Chomp, 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 chomp. All right. All right. Yeah. So they're hardworking creeple is what we're saying. Yeah, I think so. I think they're hardworking creeple. I think a hard worker is maybe an old lady what lives in an attic that just wants to bring about the birth of the fucking Antichrist in the house of the devil. <laughs> she still want to work. Yeah, that lady's creepy. We don't get a lot of her, but nope, creepy. Just I'm pretty sure that that's the grandma that King Diamond was singing about when he said, "Grandma." <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. The secret to doing the perfect King Diamond is just imagine you falling out of a yeah. plane. <laughs> Yeah, King Diamond. Like she was the one who let you go. (laughs) Yeah. Grandma! Yeah, it it. works. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely definitely a creepy old grandma right there. Yeah. She's a creeple, for sure, man. For sure. Her face looks like a dang old turnip or something. It does, yeah. It's it's weird. That's Hard to love. Man, I mean, goddamn, what a great movie. Ty West, some bangers, man. He's got some bangers. He fucking gets it. He yep. fucking gets it, man. I'm literally wearing my House of the Devil uh, fucking shirt. I got yeah. from Redbubble right now. Like, got I'm going it. total Ty West fanboy. Channel that right Ty West energy, yeah. I'm trying to, man. Now, what do you know about this? All right. Now, in real life, your meemaw, she was always like, Oh, now, Steven, you're looking mm-hmm. awful skinny. So. Have you eaten yet? Let's <laughs> just fatten you up. You clearly don't what? know my meemaw. <laughs> That's how she talked. Hey, you meemaw in the restaurant, dude. <laughs> She did, she did, she did. That's yeah. true. But uh, get in here, yeah. get you something to eat. She probably said, right? Get you something to eat. Yeah, go in the kitchen. But what would you know about a creepy old grandma that's like, well, now Steve, you know what you need to be now? Thinner. <laughs> that's the anti-grandma, isn't it? Yeah. So we we're talking about we we're talking about the Romani woman who puts the curse on the guy in thinner. <laughs> Yes, right. we okay. are. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, she's creepy. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that guy sucks. To to be fair, yeah, like, he does. Yeah, when we're terrible. talking, when we're talking about her putting a curse on him, it's like, yeah, it's, it's creepy to curse somebody, but also don't be. He a was shithead. an asshole. Yeah. yeah. So there is that, right? Yeah. I think though. Yeah. Uh, the what? I wonder if she has like control over it. Cause oh, I, yeah? I, I've, I'd like to lose a couple pounds, but I don't want to, like, diet. So, like, can she just be, like, <laughs> a little bit thinner? <laughs> and then stop. And then stop. You know? It's like, uh, bathing suit season is coming, so, and there you're good. Yeah. So, uh, wait, maybe she's not creepy at all. Maybe she is just, she's, like, a sweet lady, and this guy was just a dick. And she was like, Could be. you know what? I'll show him. I'll show yeah. him. Yeah. 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 So maybe she was doing something good there. Maybe now, so. what do you know about another Romani woman? What might drag you to hell? Is Ooh. she a creeple or not? 
Okay, so here's the thing, because, like, again, this is a situation where, you know, I, we talked about this movie back in the day. The The person she is is putting a, a curse on kind of sucks. Kind of, like, sort of, yeah. She's, like, stealing. She's basically, she could help this woman, but she is going out of her way not to help her to get a promotion. Uh, But, man, everything that happens to her after she does that... Boy, I don't know. It, it's it seems like it might be a fair enough curse, but it's uh, boy, it's brutal. Like I, a little bit that dragged me to hell, movie man. It's silly as hell. Like it's ramy as fuck. Oh it's yeah, got totally. some real like fucked up imagery in it. It does, and it is pretty fun. And she yeah. is pretty creepy, man. She is, yeah. She she definitely. Man, she brings it. I, I would not fuck with that lady. I'd be like, we'll do everything we can so that your ass will be fine, ma'am. <laughs> For sure, right? Yeah. You know, one of the uh, the creeple canons that I ain't seen is a dang old M. Night Shyamalan a visit. What oh, is that okay. about? Is that a good one? Yeah, and I don't want to reveal too much, but yeah, the, the old people are creepy. Yeah, it's uh, heard. The, the premise being... Uh, Two kids are going to go see their grandparents who they've they've never met because they're estranged from the kid's mother. Um, and I'll tell you, yeah, they, these these people are creepy as fuck. And there is a scene. Uh, I I won't say too much, but there there is a scene that like it, it definitely got it got a huh out of me. Um, Ooh, that's yeah, one of I, those huhs, huh? Huh? Yeah, like oh Jesus. Um, yeah, but I, I won't say too much because I know you haven't seen the visit and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for you. Cause I think the, it, it's, it's solid. Like it's got some Shyamalan problems. Um, but that's just Shyamalan. It's, it's always, he's always going to have some interesting dialogue for sure. <laughs> well, the Shama's gonna lawn, 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 lawn. <laughs> just how it goes, man. It is. It's true. You was telling me about a dang old Deborah Logan. What's got a creeple in there, huh? Oh yeah, I never yeah. seen Taking that. of Deborah Logan. It's uh, you know, it's got its issues, but it's uh, also full of good creepy moments and imagery. It is, um, basically the idea is it's a documentary about a woman who is suffering from dementia. Um, but yeah, I won't. I won't again because you haven't seen it. I won't reveal too yeah. much. I okay. think it's a solid watch, but she's got some real fucking great creepy moments in there where, it, and again, it's like a, a documentary style. So it, it's kind of like, you know, we get a lot of the POV and cap captured on film type of stuff that man. Yeah. I, I don't want to say too much, but I tell you what, there, there's some real solid creepy ass moments in the taking huh. of Pepper Logan. Mm -hmm. Should we do that on the show sometime? Definitely, yeah. I, I think uh, for sure, taking of Deborah Logan is is worth talking about. It's not a not a perfect movie. It's got its issues, but it's got some real solid performances in it. I'll tell you one off the books creeple that I just thought about. Okay, what do you know about a goddamn Judge Doom from oh, fucking Roger Rabbit? Jesus, yes, that man is creepy as fuck irrationally creepy for yeah. a movie that was pretty, you know, fun and zany. And then Until dude, like there at the end yeah. of the movie, holy shit. Yeah. When he dips that shoe in the dip and stuff. And then like, he's got those fucking cartoon eyes. Like, Oh, he got the crazy eyes, man. Yeah. That shit 
freaked me the fuck out. Like yeah. large Marge level, you oh, know, yes. when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Another, I guess, like uh, one that I just thought of is, uh, what is it? Nothing but trouble. Dan Aykroyd with like the dick I've never nose. seen it. Oh. Yeah, I've never seen that. Well, I'm not saying you should rush out and watch it because it's a bad movie, but you should rush out and watch it because it's a bad movie. It is so oh, okay. fucking weird. I've heard it's cocaine the movie, right? It, it kind of is. It's insane. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> I remember like, liking it as a kid and then seeing it as an adult and being like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> And the last one that we have on our list. Now, listen, you might call him a creeple. I just call him a guy who knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the ass to ass guy from <laughs> Recommend for a Dream. Is he a creeple? Okay. I, th- I think in the context of the scene, like the way it's shown to us, he's creepy as fuck. Right? Yes. Because we know, like, the whole story behind, like, what's going we on. We know her with struggle. Her. Right. Yeah. But uh, uh, paying for a sex show isn't inherently creepy, and his voice, while disgusting, it's just his voice. I don't know. Maybe he's not creepy at all. He's just paying for a sex show. I mean, honestly, if the guy just thought that he was paying sex workers for something that they were willing to participate in, yeah. and he was compensating them very well for it, right. they did and, have a yeah. lot of money. I guess he's Maybe he thought he wasn't being creepy. Right. But... Watch that scene and tell me he's creepy. Ass to ass <laughs> is creepy. The guy knew what he wanted to see, you know? He sure did. He sure did. And he was willing to pay for it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Just kind of depends on the perspective. Maybe, yeah. You know, the guy's a connoisseur of an ass meeting another ass. I want to see the movie about that guy. And, like, that's just, just that a movie, scene yeah. in the movie. And then he goes home and he's like, Hanging out with his grandkids, and he's like, world's greatest grandpa. Oh, <laughs> but I'm thinking like it all starts with, you know, it's the 1950s, and there's like a right. there's like a sock hop down uh-huh. at uh, the local malt shop, and mm-hmm. like there's there's two girls that are like bumping butts, and he's oh, like, yeah. I've never even considered this. The, oh. <laughs> there's a narrative ever since I can yeah. remember. I was into ass to ass. <laughs> I wanted to see an ass meeting another ass, but I could never find the avenue to pursue my vision. Maybe at that point, you know what? Maybe at that point in the movie, he thought that he was some kind of damn sexual pioneer where he's right. like, I'm going to tell I you something you've never seen. <laughs> I've had this idea in my head since I was a youth back at the sock hop of an ass and an ass. Like he really thought he was bringing something new to the world. He's like, this is the time. Yeah. So in the, in the movie about him, that scene will have like victorious music playing behind it. <laughs> I think as soon as the asses meet and the men are amazed, he's like, Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> it works. They cut, <laughs> it's like a real Frankenstein a moment. Montage of ass to ass and him counting money for some reason. <laughs> like, Somehow he's made a lot of money off of this. <laughs> this bold new concept of an ass and another ass. Right? New York oh, Times, okay. ass to ass takes off. <laughs> ass to ass stock surges. I don't know. Maybe the guy's a visionary. It, you know, he's a pioneer. <laughs> it's just the context Jesus. that made him a creeple, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Could be. 
Well, we want to hear about your favorite creeple over yeah. on our Facebook group. The only reason to have a Facebook page, which is mm-hmm. to hang out with us on there. Just look up Dead and Lovely. You'll find us. Hang out with us and uh, share stupid memes and engage in fun conversations and all kinds of other stuff. And also, that's where you're going to stay up to date on all the latest news about our upcoming meetup coming up in Knoxville, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. early November. It's going to be a good old time. This is our second annual event. Last year was a blast. It was so good getting to see all you lovely people and hang out and get way drunk and shit so yep. we got all kinds of fun stuff coming up um that's coming up what november the november the, november, november the 4th the, uh-huh yeah november it. the 4th we will have the 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 main meetup that friday night meeting at merchants of beer and then we'll bar hop around uh but if you're coming in from out of town thursday night we'll meet up have a have a drink maybe get some food or whatever uh and and friday morning we'll go do something fun and right now we're we're trying to set up a screening on saturday uh, noon afternoonish time at Central Cinema. So if if you're still around on Saturday, come watch a movie with us. Fly across the country to watch a movie with your boys. <laughs> Sounds fun. How about it? Yeah, you know, easy to remember. It's just like the Star Wars. November the fourth, be with you. <laughs> easy to remember. I don't know why I've not been able to keep track of it yet. Right? November the fourth, be with you. Yeah, I'm with yeah. that man. That's that's. And, and it it really it, it it's using that old saying that we've all known for a long time. That way you won't forget it. Yeah. Okay. Makes total sense, right? <laughs> all right. So yeah, hang out with us. Uh, keep up to date on the uh, the upcoming meet up shenanigans and stuff over there on that Facebook page. And now it is time to talk about one from twenty twenty two. The We're going to be talking X. about... Wait, hang on. Let me try it again. We're going to be talking about 10 from 2022. <laughs> I guess it was called that because nine. they're like, oh, she's a she's a perfect 10, hence the title, right? I think that That's works. That's why they called it that. I think I think uh, there are a few ways to look at X in this context. Obviously, the, the rating. Um, but also, yeah, the idea that she's a 10 is, is certainly a possibility. We'll talk about it. All uh, right, all right. This came out earlier this year. You and and Kate, uh, you did a, a mini-sode on it, right? We did a dang old mini-sode uh-huh. on it. We watched it down at Central Cinema, and, uh, you know, going into it, we're both big old Ty West fans, yeah. mm-hmm. and we're just blown away by the movie. Like, yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of honestly skeptical about the premise. It's like, oh, it's, you know, scuzzy, Texas... 70s porno whatever it's like okay so is this a rob zombie script that got turned down (laughs) like the premise didn't really sound that good to me but we watched it in theaters and dude like i remember sitting there and i was honestly like on the edge of my seat not only because the movie was so fucking awesome but because i was like please don't fuck this up please don't fuck this up the entire time you know because it just had me from from the get-go and so you know we loved it so this is only my second time watching the movie and going into it knowing that, cool, they don't drop the ball the entire time. Right. Um, I was able just to lay back and enjoy the movie and watch it for what it is, knowing that I already liked it. And dude, I'll tell you, I think I like this movie even more the second time. I think this is a fucking amazing movie. Might be the best horror movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, spoiler spoiler territory ahead for the reviews and stuff. I think it's Probably Ty's best movie. I yeah, think it's his I think best so. movie overall. I think it's fucking 
incredible. I, I think really I really love this agree movie. Agree with everything you just said. I'm not sure if I think it's the be- the best movie of the year so far uh, because I haven't seen a couple. Um, True. Yeah, it's up there for me with Nope. I definitely think this is Ty West's best movie, which probably spoils the rating for this. I think because we gave uh, House of the Devil probably it then. Um, probably. <laughs> um, but I yeah I I did not get to see this in theaters, but I saw it as soon as possible because I was super excited for it. So when I saw it, immediately I was like, got to do this on the show. This oh is, yeah. This is one of those movies that I want to talk about a ton, and I'm excited to finally get to do it because I think this combines so many things I love. Um, you know, it's got the homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I of think course. a lot of people got tripped up on and just kind of thought of it as that that's what it is, but... It, yeah, it, a lot of people got locked in on that. They're like, oh, it's in Texas in the 70s. It's basically TCM. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's really not. And they at start all. out in a van. Yeah. I, yeah. Same movie. There's some similarities. Just, I mean, there's similarities to a lot of other movies as well. Uh, the Shining definitely is in there. I think uh, uh, Boogie Nights is, is definitely something that's being uh, paid homage to as well oh, yeah. as a there's, lot of there's 70s definitely- porn. A lot of like seventies horror um, love in there too. Like yeah, I see elements of Fulci sure. in here. Yeah, Fulci. Yep. I see elements of like De Palma flicks in here yep. too. With some of those uh-huh. editing choices, yes. like the split screens. Like it's yeah. really kind of a love letter to that entire era yeah, of horror is. movies to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, uh, I, you know, as I, as I said earlier, I watched a lot of porn for this. Um, after watching a good bit of seventies porn, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about the golden age of porn here. Um, so up to about 1969, porn was r- like largely just stag films or stuff that you could see at like a five cent Nickelodeon back in the twenties. Um, uh-huh. it was, it was largely just, you know, short, um, you know, five, 10 minute scenes. And in 1969, Andy Warhol made, a uh, sort of porn called Blue Movie, oh. which kind of set off this idea that porn could be more than just sex. That it could. Actually I didn't be, know that he did that. Yeah. Huh. So this then led to uh, stuff that we, you know, titles you probably do know, things like Deep Throat and Debbie Does Dallas, uh, yeah. Behind the Green Door, some of the bigger stuff that got to go to theaters because of legitimacy springing from Andy Warhol's blue movie. So there was this like idea like, Oh, porn can be legitimate. An artist made it. Oh, right. Yes. So a lot of seventies porn is much more story driven. I would say more cinematic, more artsy at times. A lot of times they're throwing in philosophy and stuff Kind of of as a guise for some of them. Some of the directors are clearly trying to make philosophical points or artistic points. And some of them are more doing it just to sneak porn into normal theaters. Um, It goes beyond the dick goes in. It says, why does the dick go in? (laughs) Yes. Wow. Um, (laughs) I I watched a good bit, and I would say the, the... director that it seems like uh ty west probably 
maybe took the most from or is paying some homage to is Radley Metzger, okay. who also directed a movie called The The Cat and the Canary, which is a horror movie from 78. Uh, but he directed several movies, and I, I scrubbed through all of them, and what I found was, like, his his uh, use of editing, his, like, his mixing of scenes, like, the way that this kind of will, like, skip back and forth between the porn and something else going on, uh, that that's interesting because you don't expect that from porn. You expect yeah. porn to just be sex scene, whatever loose thing that's tying it together, sex scene. And that is a lot of, of porn from that time, but... Guys like Radley Metzger were making stuff that was like a legit film where the sex was kind of part of the storytelling, uh, but okay. they're also very much hardcore sex. And and interesting because like watching 70s porn, this is unrelated to X, but watching 70s porn, it was like, oh, every, every movie was kind of a grab bag because the idea was like you go to the theater and you wait for your part. Like you wait for the thing that's going to be for you. So... It might have some BDSM. There might be a lesbian scene. There might be a gay scene. Like there might be a, a an orgy or whatever. Like all these things just kind of all thrown into one movie. Because the idea was you're going to the theater. Everybody's got to kind of be pleased by it. Okay. Um, yeah. So researching that gave me a perspective on this movie that I did not have before, and that is that Wayne and RJ are full of shit and don't know what they're talking about. And that's kind of like important to understand in so this Wayne, movie. Wayne, who's kind of the mastermind of this uh-huh. whole thing. And yeah, RJ, the, producer, the director. Yeah. Okay. RJ, the director Wayne, um, Wayne is just trying to cash in on what he sees is, is going to be potentially lucrative. We're kind Our, of on the verge of the, of the home video age where people yeah. can get out of the smutty theaters and watch this shit at home. Yes. And, and, and uh, I watched Boogie or uh, watched Boogie Nights recently, and like that's kind of the plot of Boogie Nights is that like this pre-video porn was way more like you know trying to involve storytelling and filmmaking and stuff, and by the time VHS comes along, it just becomes a lot of people who are opportunistic trying to get just sex on video and sell it, uh, and that's what this is. RJ wants to make a artistic. A porn film and he talks about stuff that's going on in French cinema which means clearly RJ doesn't know anything about porn he doesn't know How you like mean? well he doesn't know that avant-garde porn is very much a part of the entire 70s porn scene he he is thinking he's gonna come in and revolutionize the industry when the industry is way ahead of him and oh. then the movie they're shooting um, it, it's like some other movies, mostly John Holmes movies, where it was just like, this guy has a big dick, here's a scene of him fucking this woman, here's a scene of him fucking that woman, here's a scene of him fucking that woman. And the thing is, this movie probably could make a lot of money, but it is not what RJ thinks it is. It is not okay. going to be high cinema. It's not even going to compare to other 70s uh, sort of artsy porn movies. So they're both Which I guess is kind of, of in line with, with what some of the other characters are thinking. Like Maxine is like, I want to be Wonder Woman. I want to be a household name. Right. It's like this is not going to do that for you. Right. And and the same for the same for um uh Bobby Lynn. Well, Bobby Lynn's kind of more I think Bobby Lynn's dream is more pragmatic. Where she's like, I just want a house with a pool 
Like, I, yeah. just, I want to do something that is not hard work. I mean, not to say that porn is easy, but she likes doing it. Uh, she wants to do something that's not very hard work. She and, and uh, Wayne both kind of say that. Wayne says he doesn't want to wear a hard hat for a living, and she says the same thing. But she wants just a house and a pool. She wants porn to pay for that, and it would um, if, if you know, they didn't get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely we'll stop and block. Yeah, yeah, would have gone gone better for her. And Mac- Maxine, the thing is, like, you know, it may be kind of past that time where, say, Linda Lovelace, who, um, you know, I I didn't rewatch uh, Deep Throat because Linda Lovelace has like reported that her her boyfriend forced her to do that movie, so Ooh. I don't recommend watching that movie. Yeah. Um, but she was like a, a big star because that movie made a ton of money, like supposedly. Uh, there is some debate about whether or not the mob was using the movie ticket sales as a way of laundering money. But right, yeah. uh, but it, it was she, her face and her name were all over the place, and that's kind of what Maxine is thinking she's going to be able to do. And by the late seventies and eighties, you could be a porn star, but it wasn't gonna have that like crossover appeal anymore. So yeah, she's kind of aiming for something that you know maybe isn't gonna work out the way she thinks it is. Uh, and so yeah, every, everybody's kind of a little bit delusional, except for yeah. I think Bobby Lynn and uh, and Jackson, who just both think I'm I'm just doing porn because I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, huh? It's really a simple premise for a movie. It's like these it people want yeah. to go out to this uh, this isolated farmhouse in Texas where they've rented this place and make you know a a cutting edge porn movie and get rich and then shit starts going haywire. Like that's a really simple premise for this movie, and I think it could have turned out overly simplistic or oh, yeah, like sure. overly. I don't know, smutty, shitty, if it was in the hands of, like, let's say, Rob Zombie. Yeah. The, uh, but that, Ty just handles this so fucking well, man. But yeah. it's like, I, I can't help but imagine, like, how bad this movie could have been in the wrong hands. Yeah, because, I mean, this this movie, like, unlike a lot of bad slashers, but kind of similar to early slashers, like Halloween and Friday the 13th Part 1, the everybody's likable. Like, you don't want our main cast to die. And then also, I feel sympathy for the killers. Like, you've got this woman who had dreams, and she she wanted to be something, and that didn't work out. And now she's horny all the time, and her husband can't have sex, or he might die. Like, it's a real sad setup for them. It's it's awesome because... If this movie would have gone in the direction of, you know, it's these conservative old people that found that there was young people filming smut on their property and they're right. like, we must murder you for the Lord. Right. This would have just been any other typical right. slasher where yeah, that you know, been young boring. people are punished for having sex. It's like we've mm-hmm. seen that story so many times. But yeah. I love that in this movie, it's not. It's not really about that. Like, if anything, it's about jealousy. Yeah, from, it is about the Pearl, fact that, the old lady. Yeah, that they still have their youth and they can have sex and enjoy themselves, and she can't anymore. And she's just jealous and wants to get revenge. Yeah, and I like the way that that's framed too, man. Where 
you know, it's not just that like I was going to be a star and it never worked out. It's like, no, I, because of the time I was born, I lived through two world wars. My husband was in both wars and shit. Um, you get the impression that she used to be a, a dancer and have this bright future ahead of her. And just, you know, again, the time she was born negated any possibility that she had. Yeah. Um, I, well, that's an interesting time too, because like, we're talking about, say, again, this, I think Ty, Ty West just knows his porn history really well. Um, around the, you know, 20s, uh, you know, the, the World War I era, yeah, porn was looked down on, but it wasn't, it wasn't a super religious time. So it wasn't as, like, vehement. So, uh-huh. like, she may have been doing maybe more risque dancing um something more flapper style etc she may have been a much more risque dancer in her time and then the by world war ii and then the 50s you start to see this revival of like prudery so like they they aren't prudes but they've had to see their lifestyle or at least the the style of life that they find fine acceptable and moral become immoral overnight and then turn back again. Like now they're seeing these youths getting to live the life they lived in a youth. And now they're too old to do it. And they're now they're too old to do anything about it. And it's, yeah, it's infuriating. I'm sure like this really does deal with like a lot of the things that elderly people have to like deal with. I mean, for real, yeah. Look at, look at the, the time where like she, she touches Maxine. And then she says, it'll be our secret. And then Maxine says, what will? And then later, RJ, like, she she comes up and starts, like, trying to kiss RJ and stuff. And he's like, he, he was like, how come you do that? And the yeah, thing why'd is, you like, do that? They don't see her as sexual in any way. To right, the point where yeah. she's trying to get sexual with them, and they don't even know how to read it. Yeah, why did you do that? Yeah, yeah, why would you... Yeah, they don't even see her as a potential sexual, like, being. And so, like, there's this, like, I see that. Because, like, that's then the moment she decapitates, basically, RJ. Like, Holy shit, she man. She is just enraged that she can't be what she wants to be. And there's also the, you know, the husband says she wanders a lot. And I want, I was wondering if that was, like, kind of a... He was making that up to to get him yeah. out of the woods, but I think it, I think it's true. I think like she is kind of slipping into dementia or whatever, and she's like at night, maybe reliving a lot more of her youth, and like that rage kind of comes out. Yeah, and see, this is all stuff like the 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 past history as a dancer, all the stuff you're talking about. These are things that I so hope that we find out in Pearl. I yeah, am, yeah, I'm assuming I'm giddy there's a to watch lot. this movie. Yeah, because I mean having. You have Mia Goth playing uh, Maxine and Pearl. She is, like, the movie is presenting her as this, like, sexual dynamo, and fucking Mia Goth nails it. Um, And then she's also Pearl. And she's going to be playing Pearl in, you know, Pearl. So we know that Pearl used to be sexy. We know she was, like, hot. We know she's got this same... Well, 
I, we don't know anything about the movie yet because we haven't seen it, but we have to assume she's got this same wanderlust and desire to be famous. And yeah, be bigger yeah. than what she was born to be. Yeah. yeah, and to just get to this point where people don't even think of you as someone who could have sex is probably yeah. like, you know, got to be extremely frustrating and raging to a certain point. These are bad people. We're not defending them. I mean, they've got a, I'm assuming, sex slave in the basement. <laughs> sex corpse yeah yeah uh so they're they're not they're not good people but the movie does a good job of giving us avenues of sympathy to kind of recognize why they're doing what they're doing without ever yeah like we're i'm saying so much of this it it's not coming out in like exposition in the movie this is just kind of drawing from what happens in the movie the movie does a great job of not falling into a ton of exposition like we yeah we get love from that pearl the the bit about like how she used to be a dancer and whatnot but that's that's kind of it that's kind of the history of that family that we know of he served in two world wars she used to be a dancer yeah dude yeah. i i love that i love that you know well especially in contrast to you know it part two that we talked about last week where it's just like no we need to show you all the exposition <laughs> right. otherwise maybe you won't get it <laughs> can you imagine Whereas this is just like yeah it's like this tells you more by just a few conversations and you know old photos on the wall it does more with that in several seconds than yeah. it part two does with 45 minutes of flashbacks. Yeah, for sure. It also, I mean, you know, we we're presented with this group coming out of, uh, you know, first, uh, we're, we're shown, uh, I guess the, the aftermath of all this and then flashback, which is cool. Cause it's like, I love the out of sequence thing. Yeah. yeah. Tarantino is fuck man. Mm-hmm. It's like, it starts at the end. I yeah. think you're going to want to see this deputy. And yeah. then the actual movie starts with 24 hours earlier. I've forgotten too, that this just takes place over the course of one day. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that, that might answer some of my questions I have about like what type of porn they were making. Because again, like from my, from my observations of 70, 70s porn, you gotta have at least one lesbian scene. Like that is a, an obligation. Uh, so, like, was that planned for day two? I don't know. Um, I I think that the the way that it you know opening with all the aftermath and, and enticing us to figure out like oh what the fuck happened here, but then yeah. moving straight to Maxine snorting coke in the strip club. It gives you the vibe of exactly where this is going to go. Like, this is going to be about sex. There's going to be some drugs. There's going to be some freedom. And there's a, a young lady who knows she's supposed to be a star. And you got that, like, boogie nights moment where, like, she's looking in the mirror telling herself she's a fucking sex symbol. Like, that, it, it, it really sets the tone so well, so perfectly that, like, we know something bad's going to happen, but also, oh, I'm so interested in seeing what happens with these porn people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Minimal exposition, but you still feel like you know these characters really well. Pretty yeah. fast, man. Pretty fucking fast. Like, it doesn't have to show us... Um, what's his name? Jackson? Mm-hmm. Jackson Hole. It doesn't have to show us him in the jungles of Vietnam in a flashback for us no, to get yeah. that, like, okay, this guy came back from the war... And he decided to take a different, you know, direction in life. It doesn't have to show us that shit. No. Like just a few lines of exposition of him, you know, telling uh, Howard that he is a yeah. 
a fellow veteran. Yeah, former Marine. That says it all, and it it's does. fine. And just the way he, like, uh, the way that he maintains himself throughout the movie, like, especially later on whenever, you know, they split up to try to find Pearl off in the swamp and everything. Yeah. Like, just the way the characters act tells us so much about them, so much more than any shitty flashback could. Absolutely, yeah. And, the you know, he's he's, like... The thing is, like, he and Bobby Lynn are just sweethearts. Like, they just yeah. want to make porn because it's a job that they can make money at and they're good at it. And there's, you know, there's no guile to them. There's nothing, like, nothing to dislike. They're just sweet people. So their deaths are, like, the fact that they put them kind of in the middle, right? Like... RJ, I think you can feel a lot of sympathy for him because his, um, what he thought, monogamous relationship girlfriend, just <laughs> decides she's going to do a scene in the porn and, and absolutely no one is going to take his side that he yeah. doesn't want her to. Uh, but the thing is, he, you know, he doesn't voice that he doesn't want her to. He just tells her she can't. That's kind of an issue. But he... You know, you feel kind of sorry for him. You know, you see him crying in the shower, and he obviously is like, he's an he's seemingly a nice kid. Uh, he gets killed first, and that's kind of one of those like, oh shit, like what did he do wrong type of things when you're watching a slasher? Like, what was the thing he did wrong? Uh, and it kind of sets up already like all of these deaths aren't about anybody doing anything wrong. Yeah. In fact, we're going to show these two super sweet people get killed brutally. Um, yeah. You know, shot to the heart or fucking gatored, you know? Uh, like, they did nothing wrong, and we know that. Uh, and the movie yeah. never says they did. <laughs> the movie never makes us think, like, they're dying because they've broken some rule. It's yeah. really about the killers being bad and terrible people. I like that about it, too. It doesn't just, like, go out of its way to show you, like, oh, people who do porn are just smutty, fucking immoral people. Like, they have that conversation at the end of the shoot where, you know, everybody's in that room talking and stuff. They're like, well, I mean, you know, when the camera's on, yeah, sure, we do this or whatever. But, you know, it doesn't mean I love that person. This is work. Like, this is is business. Yeah. I I think, like, I love that after because like yeah we got britney snow and uh uh fuck her name bobby lynn and, and jackson hole they do this first scene and then you just get the moment after where she's just kind of lounging around smoking a cigarette he's looking out the window like proud of himself for the sex he did like it, it really does just show that porn is just it's just it's movie making like it's just yeah. movie making it's just two actors chilling after a scene it, you know, it was sex a second ago, and now it's it's nothing. Uh, I like that it showed you that, that this is just business while the camera is rolling. And then once the camera is off, it's like, yeah, whatever. They're, they're all, you know, lounging around naked or whatever. But they talk about it like it was work. The same way yeah. that, you know, I talked to my bandmates in the green room after a show where it's just like, oh, man, I saw you fucking botch that solo. You loved it, whatever. You know, it's like that same kind of ball busting where it's just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, whatever. You know, we're, the job is over. Now we're just fucking back to be normal people again. Yeah, and I like that. That's the scene where, because you got um, uh, Maxine went down to the swimming hole while they're yeah. doing that scene. And it does that like... 
very interesting editing that I've only seen in 70s movies, and I actually saw it in one of the porns I watched. Um, but it it, it kind of relates the two actions, though they don't visually work. Like you're 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 going from a a, a shot inside the cabin of of two people at the bed to an overhead shot of the swimming hole and the like that could be kind of a, an abrupt change but you do this like quick back and forth a couple times and it just kind of establishes that like the chill atmosphere in there and the chill atmosphere over here kind of connect it's yeah. a real interesting editing device i i you know you just don't see it much anymore um for reasons, you know, good reasons. I think I think it is also jarring and, and can be a little bit like um, avant garde, just to kind of you know uh, a very artistic moment that reminds you you're watching a movie. But this movie is kind of about filmmaking, so I'm cool with that. I'm kind of, I'm really cool with it getting overly meta at times. Yeah, where I'm very okay with that too. You it's a movie. Yeah, there's a lot of like movie within a movie. Yeah, while commentating on the movie, you're watching shit yes. going on. Yes, there is within that. this. Yeah, I the, mean, even the way the movie yeah starts out of sequence, where it starts with the aftermath and the police yeah. showing up to the crime scene, and then it's not you know twenty or thirty minutes later when RJ is just like, oh yeah, we can we can shoot the movie out of sequence, and it's like, why would you shoot it out of sequence? It's not going to make any sense. Like there's all kinds of stuff about that, yeah. Yeah, the movie also starts with that that framing using the door frame to make oh, it look four three, and I then pushing that. out to sixteen nine. Like I love that so much. Yeah, so cool. It's and it's it's again it's 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 pulling you out. It is saying like yeah no this is a movie you're you're watching a movie. There's a whole lot of of movie filmmaking stuff you're gonna notice. Uh, you get Wayne at like 22 minutes in saying like, all right, let's, let's get to what people want to see. And it's like very much directed toward the audience because like the, the filming itself is not what people want to see. They want to see what is filmed. <laughs> so yeah. it, it is talking directly to us. This is what you want to see. You came to see a movie called X. Here's the fucking. Yeah. Here's what you wanted to yeah. see. So Yeah. Dude, that scene that you're talking about where Maxine is out in the pond is, you know, one of the first parts in the movie where it really delves into what makes this so gripping and so scary, where, you know, we, the viewer, through the camera lens, are seeing that these characters are in danger. She's floating in this pond. (laughs) Yeah, and she doesn't know that there's an alligator just, like, on her fucking heels. Yep. I love that Ty West understands that this is how you build tension. tension. Yeah. Not not by just giving us people getting fucking scared at shit, jump right. scary shit, all that. There are a couple like, jump scares in here. Um There are, but, but like just I like mean, just like with House genre. of the Devil. Like it's like, you know, the the part of the reason why House of the Devil works so well is because it is this super slow burn where we know yeah. that Jocelyn Donahue is in danger and yeah. she has no idea. Again, she has no idea what genre of movie she's in, like you said earlier. Yeah. That's also and Chekhov's gator there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You, you get introduced to the gator and it's like, boy, I hope somebody gets gatored. They do. They do. <laughs> they get gatored. 
Somebody also gets, uh, well, not pistoled because of Chekhov's pistol that we yeah, had earlier yeah, yeah. in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, you introduce right? the gun, and Wayne says it's not loaded. So we know it's not loaded when she's holding it on Pearl, and it's like, oh, shit. Like, Dude, ugh. that's another layer of just like, we know she's in danger. Yeah. We also know that she's defenseless because this gun isn't loaded. Yeah. Yeah. So good, man. Like, I, I love that, that, that idea of building tension where... We're watching these characters that we actually care about in this movie that don't know how close to death they are, like right. at all times. Yeah. That builds fucking tension so much better than, yeah, just showing me kills and jump scares and all that shit over and over and again, man. Yeah. And I also like, because we're introduced to Wayne's pistol by Wayne telling us he has one right after we're introduced to Howard's gun. Now, Howard lies and says it's not loaded. Later, we find out it very much is loaded. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Wayne is telling the truth. And that that's kind of the thing about our protagonists in this is that they're not bad people. Like, nothing they've done is bad. Now, we don't know everything about Maxine. I... I there is a sequel. Not, not the prequel Pearl, but a sequel planned called Maxine. Awesome. Uh, that's set in the 80s. Um, Can't wait. I, I wonder if there's more to her story. Because, like, you know, we find out in the end, there's the final reveal that, like, oh, by the way, this preacher you've been hearing on TV and on the radio throughout the entire thing, who keeps saying these lines, and then you also keep hearing Maxine repeat them, uh, that's, that's Maxine's dad. Now... I had totally forgotten about that. <laughs> like, that had somehow slipped my mind from yeah. the first time that we watched this to now. Like, it got to that part in the movie, and I was like, oh, shit, that's her dad? Right. Now, I got to assume that a, any sequel of this is going to address that more, because that, that reveal is like, that sent my mind, like, all over the place. Like, well, okay, so wait, how did she escape? What? How, like, how are they not going to, like, find her? And I've got to assume the sequel is they find her. <laughs> um, yeah and well i also down. wonder too like considering that, that that televangelist preacher is about he's a little younger than pearl and howard right. i wonder if in pearl we're gonna see some interaction between Ooh. them as younger people too dude i yeah i'm super excited for this prequel i'm and super excited for any sequel that comes out because this is a an interesting world that was painted so perfectly in this movie Without yeah, without having to do a lot, you just see the preacher and hear him in the background, which is a, I mean, common thing in seventies movies and seventies horror movies to have them listening to the radio or whatever, and it doesn't have direct involvement with the thing. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre—they're listening to the radio the whole time. You do hear some little bits about a graveyard being, uh, you know, um vandalized Desecrated, and, yeah and that was the the hitchhiker and that was the flashes you see at the beginning and and that's what they're going toward but yeah they're the radio being uh, a part of it doesn't immediately say like what's going on on the radio is important but yeah when she started repeating some of the things that you hear the preacher saying or saying them herself and then you hear the preacher say it you're like oh there's some because i was thinking the first time i watched it that she must have come from this church. She must have been from a family that was a part of this yeah, church. I right. wasn't even kind of thinking that's her dad. Yeah. 
Such a cool twist, man. I hope that we learn more about that. And I feel like this is one of those universes where you can watch it and be like, I think there's more to this that I don't know, but there's unwritten history going on here. It feels very fleshed out to me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and that's, I mean, because they were, they were shooting Pearl simultaneously. It it is clear. He has that story fleshed out in his head. Like he knows, he knows where it's going and what it all is. And that, that's, that's, what you need i mean not to pick on star wars but george lucas is often full of shit when he says he has things planned out no (laughs) in fact the indian the temple of doom episode i talked about it how he had told steven spielberg oh yeah i got three movies all planned out and then by they come to him for the second movie and he's like yeah i don't i don't have anything i just i got nothing yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah, no ty west has this all planned out and that's why everything feels significant without feeling too expositional like it does a great job of building the world with just small things and i i am very interested because i think that maxine as a character like as a human being i don't think i'd want to hang out with maxine she's a overly driven cokehead like i she would probably be a terrible hang but that's a type yeah yeah <laughs> but as a character she's so interesting because she's so fucking driven she is yeah she re- like she she walks away at the end of this movie without shedding a tear like none of that's these true. people really seem to matter to her even wayne wayne seems like he was a a stepping stone to get where she wants to go wow yeah Huh. I, I I think that uh there I'm very interested to see where they go with that in the sequel. And I, I no idea when that's coming out, but I, I'm excited to find out where that will go. I uh I think it was awesome that they cast Mia Goth as both Maxine oh, and Pearl. Like yes. I had critiques about like let's say let's say the Suspiria remake where it's like, okay, sure, they got um ah oh, fuck, what's her name? No shit. To play multiple roles oh, in the movie. It. Oh fuck! Ah, she's in. We need to. Talk she's fucking about amazing. Kevin. She's yeah. Oh, Holy fuck, shit, dude! Get fuzz beat on that shit, I'll man. Get fuzz beat after keep it. Talking. Holy shit! <laughs> but like, I had a lot of criticisms with uh, with that movie for being like, so you cast this lady p- playing multiple characters, but for no real reason. Tilda Swinton. It just Tilda hit Swinton. me. Tilda Swinton. That's Swin. right. Uh, I was just seeing if you knew it. You know, so <laughs> I mission failed. I did. I got apparently. it. <laughs> but like in that movie, you know, casting Tilda Swinton as these multiple roles had no effect. It's like you really would have been better off just getting some old guy to play the the psychiatrist or whatever in that. But in this, I really like that they had her playing ba- both roles. It's like Pearl was seeing literally her younger self and all her potential yep. that got you know, erased by the war and whatever else she went through yep. whenever she saw Maxine. She's like, Maxine yep. has that that special factor, that X factor that Wayne talked about earlier in the movie. I think it's really fucking awesome. And I'll tell you too, man, I think that Mia Goth did such a great job with the physicality yes. of portraying an older person. Like, she's not she's ridiculously not feeble. feeble. Yeah. No. yeah. Um but at the same time, she's someone who used to be strong. Right. Was, you know, body has failed her. You get old. We all yeah. fucking get old. 
but I don't feel like it was like an exaggerated cartoonish depiction of being old. And I really wonder with her voice, if they did any post-production on that, or if that is Mia Goth, like lowering her voice Mm -hmm. and like sounding old. Like, I really wonder how they did the voice because it seems so legit to me. Yeah. And the makeup is fucking great. Yeah. I watched a, a making of thing and I don't, I don't remember them saying anything about doing anything to her voice. The The makeup took like eight to ten hours. Fuck uh, me. Um, so she she apparently also like, she's not a, you know, overly method actor, but when she was in the makeup, she was kind of in the role. And uh, people didn't, like, Ty West kept the people away, like didn't let them see Pearl. Word. And, until certain points <laughs> and so like they were kind of really reacting to this very you know different and strong performance where she she's and i don't know she is just great like i i think like i i when i saw the making of and she started talking and she had a british accent i was like right she has a british accent like she's her, british yeah her what? southern accent is really good, and you did. Everybody's get, southern accent in this is fucking good. Yeah, by the way, yeah. I, I mean, she. I, I think she and uh, the guy who plays uh, Wayne, who is uh, Kiwi, not Matthew McConaughey, not Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, um, he's a Kiwi, and she's British. Really? I, I'm very impressed. I, I think, you know. Maybe a Kiwi might have an easier time sliding into a Southern accent, but the fact that the Americans did it well is also great too, because you just get a lot of real bad Southern accents. But yeah, Hell Britney yeah. Snows is great. She she's great in this movie. Everybody, dude, great she in this brings movie. the big Dolly energy, dude. She, she really so does. has yes. Dolly Parton energy, which I, I guess uh, Kate read an article where they're like, yeah, she was kind of modeled after Dolly Parton, where she is oh, okay. this, you know gorgeous blonde you assume she's a bimbo but she's actually she's smart intelligent like she has all kinds of observations about yeah you know how they should be filming the movie and shit like she's right she's not a bimbo at all no and it's that that scene is another indication rj doesn't know anything about porn (laughs) he's he's just shooting he's just shooting the material he's not thinking about how to make it sexy she is she's she is smart she could do the thing he's doing, but she's also really good at sex. So, you know, hard to be in front of the camera and behind it. But I, I think the, the way that she plays, Brittany Snow plays the character, like she brings so much. I can, I, I would call it Julianne more in Boogie Nights kind of energy, uh, not the, yeah. when she's on speed part, but the kind of mothering or like just loving energy she brings. Um, and then, yeah, also, you got fucking uh, Jenna Ortega, who, at this point, <laughs> I mean, can, can she already be called a Scream Queen? She's... For real, she's right? She's in Insidious 2. She's in Scream. Uh, she's in this. She's in Studio 666. Like... Damn. And she, she's like 20. So, keep going. Racking them up, man. Yeah. Seriously. She's great in this, man. That... I think all the performances are good, dude. Yeah. Like I kept waiting for somebody to show up on screen and be shitty. No, nope. but it just doesn't happen. <laughs> everybody is fucking good, man. I don't think there's a weak performance in this. Period. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jackson Hole is Kid Cudi. Um, he's done some stuff, but he's you know hip hop artist who is a good actor. 
fucking killing it. Dude, I'm telling you, Kate and I were talking about this last night, and it's like, there's a lot of guys that are in hip-hop that are fucking great, great. Yeah. actors. Yeah. They, you know? Yeah. Most deaf. I mean, I think maybe the most successful for me. Yeah. Most deaf is fucking yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. everybody said Eminem was awesome in 8 Mile. I yeah, never he saw does that a great though. job playing himself, but he does a great job. Uh, and yeah, you got LL Ice cool Cube and Ice-T, who are both extremely... Ice Cube and Ice-T, like, man, uh, yeah. They've, they've made their career off of acting after I'm just proposing super popular hip-hop artist that we call rappers who act raptors okay <laughs> i'm just saying i love it does it make sense it's i think cool it makes sense. as hell like wouldn't you want to be called raptors. a raptor yeah, like snoop dogg's a fucking awesome raptor dude he is he was in day shift that movie that i, I watched. there you go yeah. exactly man and it, it was he raptoring it up he was raptoring it up that's right i thought so man i thought so <laughs> What do you think about the kills in this movie? Of course, oh, this is a movie man. all about sex and violence. How do you think the violence carries through in this? Ooh, buddy. I mean... Fuck. Yeah. The way... I mean, Wayne gets a fucking pitchfork through the eye. You got the the uh, basic decapitation of RJ just with Holy stabs shit. over and over and blood splurting all over the headlights. That's so fucking good. And then she I want to especially dancing. talk about those. Oh my Dude, God. That scene is those insane. Those two. Man, that, that scene, yeah, where RJ meets his demise because she's trying to come on to him. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said earlier, he, he's just like, why did you do that? And she just kind of casually stabs him in the neck. And yep. it's got that uh, that Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper soundtrack going on. Yeah. And she just straddles him and starts stabbing. Well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's right, man. Stabbing him in the neck over and over and over and again. And it's showing us like from different angles just how mutilated this guy is getting. And the blood yeah. hits the headlights and all the lighting goes red. It's very giallo. It's very Argento at that mm-hmm. point. And then it cuts to the music that's in her head, which yeah. is this beautiful aria that she dances Wee to. Wee Marie, shit. yeah. Holy fuck, dude! And also too, like Kate and I were saying last night, it's like, dude, I hope we get to see her dance to that in Pearl. Like, oh, if that's like a a big moment yes. in that movie, fuck me, dude. That would be cool. Sign me yeah. up, man. Um, that is iconic. That yeah. scene where she kills RJ yeah. in the red light and then does the dance. Yeah. Again, man, it, it would be so easy for this to be bad. But <laughs> for sure, but fuck. it doesn't it doesn't at any point do that. It doesn't it's be incredible. Bad. Yeah. And like that that kill right there shows us the whole thing from start to finish, and it's phenomenal. Meanwhile, Wayne's kill, where yeah, he, he's in the barn and he fucking home alones himself and steps on that fucking nail. <laughs> Holy shit. Never walk into a barn barefoot. Yeah, ever. come on, Wayne. <laughs> Put Don't. on some damn shoes. <laughs> But then when he kind of peeping toms through that hole and he gets pitchforked, like that's a very Fulci shot where it shows yeah. the pitchfork like going into his fucking face yeah. and his eyes. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to Ortega in the basement there for a while. And then whenever she pulls on the uh, the chain for the light bulb, right when we're expecting it to show, it's like, oh, it's going to illuminate something horrifying in the basement. Right when she tugs the chain, it cuts back to the pitchforks being pulled out of Wayne's eyes. Uh-huh. I love that editing where it's like that kill isn't quite done yet. We're going to come back to that here in just a second. (laughs) And then when, when Pearl walks in, in the gown and just kind of like gives him an experimental stab and it's like, yeah, "Yeah, he's dead. Covers him up with the hay. Holy fuck, man. Incredible. 
And she's just on this, like, she's on a warpath at, like, turtle speed. It's like, I love, I love this idea of this old killer who isn't too feeble to kill, isn't, like, weak, but they're not fast. Like, she, it takes her some time to get around and everything. Like, she slowly walks up on Wayne to stab him with the pitchfork, and it's just, like, more brutal because of it. Because it's just oh, so yeah. like, determined. I love it. But that's also the thing about this, is that you have these young people who are underestimating these these geriatric people yeah. because mm-hmm. they, they're underestimating their sexuality. They're right. under, underestimating their threat level. Yeah. Like the way that uh, Bobby Lynn talks to Pearl out on the dock where she's like, oh, my... My grandma gets confused sometimes too. Yeah. Come on, let let me walk you back to the house. Like mm-hmm. they, they treat the old people as so feeble that it's like okay, it still even though they are weaker than you, if you get a knife, a sharp knife in the neck from anybody, yeah, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take much to push you into alligator-infested water nope. when you're standing on the edge of a dock. Right. You're fucked. Yeah, because you underestimated these older people. I think the most, and, and like, it's it's weird to say this is the most brutal, but the most brutal moment is uh, the shotgun butt to the hand of of Lorraine. Ooh. Like, dude, her oh, hand is fucked. It's fucked, and it's one yeah. of those shots that I can't I can't quite figure out how they did. It's like watching the fucking you know, fire extinguisher kill in irreversible where you're like, I guess they just killed somebody. Like I'm like watching this. I'm like, I guess someone's hand. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Jen Ortega's hand is fucked because (laughs) when she reaches out to that, you know, to, to undo the lock. Yeah. And just gets popped with that gun. But fuck man, it is punishing. Yeah. And then she, I mean, she gets it the worst, I think, because she gets that happens to her. And then she thinks she's going to escape after, you know, becoming weirdly self-righteous. Uh, like, she's suddenly yeah. like, you people are bad. This and is your like, fault. Yeah. You, you made all the choices you made. Nobody pushed you. Anyway, uh, she thinks she's going to escape and then just fucking shotgun blast to the face. That clearly doesn't immediately kill her because she's still kind of like gurgling on the blood after when he's like dragging her in that's like what makes him have the heart attack <laughs> like oh just brutal it shows her face and it's like her fucking top lip yeah has been like just ripped gone. off and shit uh-huh. oh i think the gore in this is phenomenal like i saw yeah. some people that were critiquing this being like oh the kills weren't very original and it's like what, what the <laughs> fuck do you want to happen dude these are like octogenarians murdering young people also why do the kills need to be original I know, right? We're not talking about 80s slashers. Those exist. Go watch them. They have Go all the original kills you want. Sure. We're trying, like, Ty West is trying to make a, a good movie that makes sense while also, you know, playing with the tropes and paying homage to 70s and to slasher movies. I, yeah. yeah. The expectation that the kills would be creative from two people who. Stupid. Like, or what would they do? Like, I don't. Know. I know, right? Um, I thought that initially, whenever I saw this, that maybe like Jackson's death was a little uninspired, where it's just like they're in the swamp, shotgun to the chest, boom, right. you're gone. But the more I think about it, the more that I'm like, okay, Howard, especially as a former veteran, 
would look at Jackson and be like, this guy is the biggest threat yeah, to all this I coming unraveled. I need to separate him and get rid of him immediately. Immediately, yeah. 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 Because ultimately, whenever you know Wayne and this whole group showed up, the reason that they were irritated about you know Wayne showing up with all these other people isn't because that's not what he you know said was in the contract for them yeah. staying there. It's because he's like, this makes things messy. I was just supposed to have another, you know, fly in the in the web that I could lure down into the basement and use as a sex slave for my right. wife. Now that I have all these extra men and women here, this has gotten messy. So I better eliminate the biggest threat with the most direct, you know, kill possible. Just right. shoot him in the chest. He's done. I love though that he comes across that that sunken Volkswagen Beetle in the swamp. It's very much like you know the discarded cars in the in the yard in the and the Texas Chainsaw. Oh, oh yeah, yes, and that also. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think it was it was a Psycho reference, but also yes, exactly like yeah, exactly like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, I love that man, and and even the Volkswagen Beetle has like a it has like a make love not war bumper yeah. sticker on yeah, it, so indicating like this is hippies. another hippie. Yeah, uh huh. So cool, man. Also, too, just little details. I was gonna ask if you know this. Um, on the milk carton that he drinks out of later. Yeah, the missing people. Yeah. yeah. Is that and it's the hippies? dude in the fucking basement. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, so awesome. I think that's really cool. I, I do want to, I think that despite, you know, exactly what you said is true. The reason why he wanted to get rid of Jackson and the reason he did it quickly. But also it's payoff from earlier when Jackson says that he served two tours of duty in Vietnam and he's had enough of farmers pointing guns at him. Oh, yeah, he does say he, that. Yeah. He escaped Vietnam. He escaped all these farmers pointing guns at him. And this is the end result. It's it's like this twist of fate type of death. Like, despite the fact that he escaped all the violence abroad at home, and this is uh, true of tons of black soldiers from yep. you know world war one world war two korea and vietnam and even to this day in anything that that happens yep they come home and they're still treated like shit uh yeah it's like hey you're welcome for defending your fucking freedom yeah. all over the world or whatever yeah yeah come home and get treated like shit you're no safer at home than you were having you know these farmers pointing guns at you in vietnam so yeah, like, yeah. i i think that was you know that was kind of what they were getting at with that, but also like the the logic of it makes all the sense in the world. Like this guy's a soldier, <laughs> get rid of him <laughs> if you're trying yeah. to kill everybody. Get rid of this. Oh, guy he's definitely the most dangerous man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the kills are are fucking awesome. When Pearl's head gets run over oh. at the end of the movie, <laughs> I loved. That. I love I love seeing people get run over by cars yeah. in movies. You know that. Yeah, and and it is so perfect too because I thought like. Oh, she's just going to leave her there and then like sequel fodder. Like, oh, did Pearl die or whatever? And then, right. like, nope, <laughs> she's going to run over her fucking head. <laughs> Twice. Pearl died. He definitely <laughs> fucking takes charge of that, man. Yep. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, I, I think the kills in this are, are fucking awesome, man. And yeah, the alligator kill is also dope, too. I love that that was kind of teased earlier. And it was even yeah. kind of teased way earlier in the movie whenever they're walking yeah. out of the back of the club. And it's like... Uh, there's like a mural on the back of the uh-huh. club with like a woman getting her bikini ripped off uh-huh. by and the an woman alligator. Looks like Britney Snow too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Awesome man. foreshadowing in that man. Great. Just a great job overall. Like I, I just think Ty OS like, man. I, I mean, it's clear he took some time off 
you know, before this, like the last thing I think he did was in a Valley of Violence, which I believe was 2018. Yeah, it was a while uh, back. Yeah, so he he's he's taking his time on this, and he was shooting this and Pearl back to back. So like, you can tell there's like a lot of significance to stuff that's not not overblown by the movie. But I bet when you watch Pearl, you'll be like, oh fuck, that was from that, or you know, I that hope so. That? Yeah, we watched a uh, a newer trailer for it last night after we watched Axe, uh-huh. and. It seemed like there was some more stuff in the trailer where it shows her having to care for some elderly people Ooh. and just being disgusted and like really frustrated and oh, mad at it. Man, that does add. I know some, that adds a lot to the character too. That like she's right. disgusted by her own like age, age. feebleness. Yeah. yeah, and that I mean that's oh. like the movie is very. I mean you know have having the the two characters played by Mia Goth like it is really like you know this age is haunting her or the the like you know the eventual ravages of time are are haunting us all we're always just trying to i mean youth is 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 not eld right like there's no real definition for youth uh but it it is it is something we see like it's a visual thing there's a point where people become old yeah well, and ultimately, too, I think in, in so much society, like, value is tied to beauty, which is one yeah. thing that we will all lose. There is Absolutely. so much significant and value placed on being pretty, yeah. which is so fucking stupid because that doesn't last for anyone. Yeah. That's, like, something that we're all going to go through, and yet we place the most importance on it, and it's eventually going to become... Um, you know, a reality for all of us that right. we're all going to get fucking old and ugly. And, and Pearl, um, Pearl, fa- like Pearl has clearly put all of her value in that and now yeah. has zero like personal value. Like that, that's a interesting thing I found at like basically when the mask comes off, when she starts speaking to Maxine, like, you know, telling her she's not special and she's just some whore or whatever, that to me feels like Pearl talking to herself. That feels like to me like I love that Pearl revealing that. like what she she feels about herself that she's a failure. Yeah, yeah, I, and it's like when those two characters are together, you know, Pearl is looking at Maxine being like, "I used to be you." Right. Maxine is looking at Pearl like, "I'm I never, never going to be you." you. <laughs> It's so cool. And that's even kind of played up in some of the other characters, too. There's a conversation earlier in the movie where Wayne is talking with RJ, and RJ has something to say to Wayne, and then Wayne is like, no, I'm I'm right here. Um, uh-huh. I've been 23. You've never been 42 before. Right. So let's go with what I have to say. Yeah. I mean, that was that, a really cool line. That is a... I mean, his speech there... I mean, you got you to dig into it for what it is. Wayne is slightly manipulative of people. Uh, yeah. So he's slightly manipulating RJ, but he's not saying anything too untrue, right? Like he says, "There's no like there are no nice girls, or none of them are nice, or whatever." And like, I mean, what he's getting at, what he's saying is that like this weird patriarchal view of what a woman's supposed to be that you have in your head is wrong, and you need to release it. Um. Like his his little speech there is very interesting, and they they do a good job throughout. Like you know that conversation they have about 
you know, uh, sex and love and how they can be completely disconnected, you know, and, and um, Maxine says like that, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can choose who you love. You can't choose who you want to screw. And that is such like a great, like interesting philosophy in love because so many, you know, so many uh, things about love will say like, you can't choose who you love or whatever. And it's like, well, no, love is an action. Love is a thing you do. You do choose who you love. You can't choose who you're attracted to and want to fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those aren't choices you make. Uh, and and like Maxine's view on it is very like, I don't know. I think I think it's it's correct for her. Um, we do have this like, I guess like clash of their sexually open styles of, of Bobby Lynn and, and Jackson and, and all of them, but, and, um, RJ's monogamy, like RJ is monogamous. He believes his relationship with, uh, Lorraine is monogamous. The well, moment- he's all about talking to other people about like, Oh yeah, this is art. This is just business. People making love on camera. Right. Blah, 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 until it involves Lorraine. Yes. He has that philosophy when it's convenient. And then when it's inconvenient, he, you know, that that's a problem. But I, I think that's because his core belief is in monogamy. And in that, his core belief is in patriarchal monogamy that he makes the decisions. Because when she says she wants to do a scene, he just says no. Yeah. He, do, he doesn't communicate to her like, I thought we were in a monogamous relationship and I, I don't want to film you having sex with another man. Like, you know, he something that would be appropriate to say you can't choose what anyone else does he can't say no to her uh but to communicate would have been a good idea there (laughs) like that would have been a good time to be like well let's talk about this rather than just say no um and then go along with it and then cry in the shower and leave yeah Yeah, it's like communication is really it's not even really portraying like Lorraine is a shitty person or anything like that. It's just showing that like, well, communication probably could have solved this. Exactly. Because if, yeah, if he had said what he felt and she still was like, no, I mean, I'm going to make a scene. It's like, okay, well, we're breaking up. We're not a couple anymore. And that's all understandable and fine. And everybody's communicated what they had to say. In this case, nobody's communicating anything (laughs) except she's saying, I want to do a scene. And really at the heart of that is she wants to fuck Jackson. Like she, yeah, she keeps definitely. staring at him every time they're making a scene. She wants to fuck him. And yeah, yeah. Bobby Bobby Lynn says the same thing earlier. She's like, I caught you, you right. know, making making glances yeah. at Jackson earlier. Yeah, and, and so like her only motivation is really she just wants to fuck Jackson. Nothing wrong with that. It's uh it's then the the their couple dynamic is that they don't communicate at all. In fact, they barely say anything to each other alone <laughs> like True. they're mostly anytime they kind of interact it's in the group setting so they're as a couple this kind of completely uncommunicative and the, the movie kind of shows then that like well look at this other couple uh who you know one is a porn producer the the other is the porn star he's watching her have sex with other women he has no problem with it I, and RJ has all the problem in the world and can't communicate. Like yeah. Wayne is trying to tell him I'm 43 or 42. 
I've experienced this. You need to talk. You need to listen. You need to not be telling uh, her what she is and isn't going to do. And RJ just can't handle that fact that he can't control her. But yeah, again, like, yeah, she's not doing anything wrong. He's not doing anything wrong. They're just not communicating at all. And that's really ultimately what jumpstarts this entire thing is him trying to leave in the middle of the night. Yes, because of the lack of communication, everybody dies. (laughs) Like, what? Jeez. Good Lord, man. And I'll tell you, like, you know, obviously this is a horror movie, so we're, we're waiting for sex and violence. We're waiting for the kills and stuff. Right. This movie takes its sweet time to get to the chaos. Like, yes. there's so much buildup with the characters who you're learning about and, you know, learning more about them. You're caring about the situation. You're getting to know that they're in danger and they don't know it. And then the first kill happens pretty late in the movie, actually. Yeah. But yeah. I don't even notice, dude. Like, this movie is, what is it, an hour 40-something? Yeah, about an hour 43, I think, yeah. It goes by like it's a half hour to me. The oh, pacing yeah. of this movie, I think, is so fucking good, man. Yep, I agree. And and you're just like, yeah, you're you're never in a moment where it's like a lull. Nothing yeah, this ever, is a wasted scene. Right, never. yeah, nothing ever makes you think like, well, why do this? It all just like flows and, and feels like a, a real quick narrative, even though, yeah, it's an hour 43. Yeah, it flies by, man. Like, I have no complaints about the pacing here, Um, as well as, like, the shots and stuff. There's so many beautiful, memorable shots in this. I mean, we mentioned the the crazy, like, you know, red lighting kill earlier, but there's all these, like, Hitchcockian overhead shots through the whole movie, like RJ in the shower, um, Maxine in the the alligator pond earlier. There's so many cool overhead shots in this that are so rad, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, like... This is interesting because I, I've been noticing a lot, you know, that uh, drone shots are becoming a lot more popular. Yeah. And I assume that was a drone shot. What I love about it is that I can't tell if it's a drone shot or not. Uh, and what I hate about so many drone shots is that you feel like you're riding a drone. <laughs> it's like I, I am not just getting a shot of a movie. I'm like the camera now. I I don't uh-huh. like that. But these like that shot, I believe probably is a drone shot. Doesn't feel like it though. It feels stable. It feels like it's it's supposed to be that, and that I'm disconnected from the camera. What did you think about the the soundtrack use in this? Because you know, oh, yeah. I, again, with this being a a 1970s American movie, um. I was so expecting all the usual Rob Zombie, like, let's put every A-list 70s song in here. Mm. Uh, but I feel like this movie keeps it a lot more chill. Like, there is the one pretty A-list property in there whenever we have that musical number where um, Bobby Lynn and uh, Jackson sing Landslide by right. Fleetwood Mac. Mm. But otherwise, the rest of the soundtrack is pretty like, okay, you know, pretty on the radio 70s stuff, as well as, I think, some really compelling atmospheric original score for some of the other scenes. Like, I love there's so many scenes with with Pearl looking, you know, a million years old, uh-huh. but the soundtrack is this, like, really youthful, like, women's choir kind of soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that contrast. I, I think the soundtrack overall in this is fucking perfect. Yeah, well, you, you got... You got in the summertime at the beginning and don't fear the reaper playing later. And then, yeah, as you said, they, they sing. And honestly, that, that 
uh, two people at a party in the 70s singing a popular song uh, makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, they, they do a great job. And, and also, yeah, both only of those three I just named in the summertime is the only one that is like soundtrack soundtrack, whereas the other is either playing on the radio or being played by one of the characters. So, yeah, that man, they 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 did a great job with. It's not just that either, though. Like the sound design itself, like, it, oh yeah, it's so good. All the like cicadas and frogs yeah, and shit. Yeah, and it makes you feel like you're in Texas, which is crazy because you're not. You're in New Zealand. Yeah. What the fuck, what? man? <laughs> Why is New Zealand everywhere on Earth? I don't know. One, it's just a you know, little bit island mass. that is every single place on Earth. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Because like I, I didn't see damn Mordor in the distance once nope, watching this movie. Not even, and that's crazy. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't think even for a second. Like, it could be Oklahoma or something. You don't think, oh, this is New Zealand. Yeah, definitely New Zealand, right, dude? I want to go to there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I it it seems like a gorgeous place. And I'll tell you, like, whenever they started up that that musical number where they were, you know sitting in this room playing this very A-list 70s Fleetwood Mac song. Like, right there is the only point in this movie where I got kind of worried, where I was like, oh, man, is this going to go super fucking corny? Right. But but then the way that the lyrics of that song about, you know, getting older and shit are right. intercut with, with Pearl. perfect with what's going on with Pearl, yeah. Dude, it would be so easy for this to be bad. Like, it is Absolutely. so close to being bad, but it's handled so fucking well and i'll tell you like another thing that i thought that this movie handled shockingly well especially considering it's a movie where it's like horny old people are the bad guys and it's Mm -hmm. about young people filming porn um there's really no like gross out body shame to old people in this like I that, feel like in anybody else's hands, it would be like, ew, her titties are saggy. His balls are down to his knees. Right. And it's disgusting. Being old gross. It's like this movie never really does that, actually. Well, yeah. I mean, like the, the characters say they're gross at the beginning. And that's like, well, yeah. I mean, these are young people seeing old people. That's probably how they feel. But yeah. the movie presents them uh, neutrally. Even having a sex scene with them that I... I mean, I'm sure anybody who's uh, listening who thinks old people having sex is gross thinks is gross, but the way it's shot is not gross. It's shot from yeah. a distance. It's not like it's not like focusing close on like old skin. It's not showing us like them sweating and drooling or anything. It's shot from a distance, really, just to s- establish the the tension for. Uh, Maxine, who is stuck under the bed, the yeah. the sex itself. I mean, honestly, even though they've already killed people, I care so much about their actual plight that she's so horny and he he has a heart condition that I'm kind of like happy for him, <laughs> even though I I'm know, like, man, disgusting dude, she, bad like- people, but. <laughs> Her concerns where she's just like, I want you to make me feel young again. Yeah. I want you to make me feel wanted. I want to right. feel beautiful. It's like, those are, that's fucking that's valid. Legit, like, who man. doesn't want yeah. that? Like, does it, that doesn't go away just because you got old, right. dude. Right. So, like, yeah, I think this movie does a good job with, even though they're the bad people, 
the their badness isn't isn't uh their appearance their badness isn't their bodily functions their badness is the things they choose to do yeah their actions right yeah. and, but but then even it's like at the end of the day you can't help but feel that there is some kind of sweetness there where it's like this guy will go along with whatever fucking madness Pearl Absolutely. wants to engage yep. in because he can't satisfy her. And ultimately, it's just because he wants her to be happy. Yep. Like, God, that's such a fucking fine line to tread with a villain where you're it like, is. he cares about her. That's why he's doing this stuff. Yep. That's fucking bonkers. Like, you're kind of on their side a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's kind of the... Um it's kind of the thing from Texas Chainsaw Massacre that always sticks with me. That moment where after he's killed, I think two or three of the kids, Leatherface like runs over to that window and he's like freaking out. Like he's, it's oh, like, yeah, you can yeah. tell he's like, what the fuck is happening? And you <laughs> feel sorry for him because you're like, Oh, he doesn't, he just thinks these people are, you know, coming into his house. He's been told to eat people. Like, he's not doing anything wrong. He's just freaked the fuck out. <laughs> For real. Dude, like, do you have any complaints about this movie? Because, like, after we watched it last night, and I was going over notes, and I was thinking about it. Yeah. I I really couldn't come up with anything. No. Like, I don't think that there's a weak performance. I don't, I don't think either. that there is an unnecessary scene. Like, mm-hmm. I think that... I mean, even the fact that this movie is fairly brief at like that, you know, hour 40 kind of runtime, yeah. it just shows how much Ty knows about the the, the genre. Where, yeah. yeah. You know, again, I can't help but fucking keep going back to It Chapter 2 last week where right. we were like, Way too long. this movie thought it needed to be three hours fucking long. No reason long. for that. Nope. <laughs> no. Ty is like, yeah, this is a fucking, you know, uh, sex and violence horror movie slasher yeah it doesn't need to overstay its welcome like, right the pacing is great the look is great it looks accurately late 70s to me uh, of course i didn't you know i wasn't alive in the late 70s but you know from what i understand it wasn't this scummy fucking disgusting um place that rob zombie portrays it to be right i think the setting is gorgeous i think the the acting performances are fantastic the kills are great like i honestly can't come up with anything to complain about here no and i i mean i'll i think the one complaint i've seen that um i don't agree with but i guess could be valid is people some people have trouble with the old makeup I think it's good. I, I think it's good. didn't know going into the movie that Mia Goth played Pearl. So I didn't know the entire movie that that was Mia Goth. Um, I didn't either. No. I knew it was somebody in old makeup, but I couldn't tell it was Mia Goth. Um, and the old makeup to me, again, it's it's there. I know it's there, but it doesn't bother me. Well, so, here's the thing. Do we notice that it's there because it's not good old people makeup? Or do we notice that it's old people makeup because nobody in Hollywood allows themselves to get old anymore and everybody <laughs> has plastic surgery and That's shit? That's a good you know? point. It's real hard to find uh, actors who, who would fit that, right? But yeah, I mean, he actual he went old in, people. He went in wanting, of course, Mia Goth to play the both roles. So that that was kind of planned, but yeah. I think I think it's fine though. Uh, to me, it doesn't bother me at all. It moves just fine. It looks just fine. I know it's there, but it doesn't bother me. 
Um, no, me neither. So yeah, no, I I'm with you. I think I have no problems with this movie. I think it's Ty nope. West's best movie, and I think it's a ten. Agreed. I totally agree. Like I I can't give this anything other than a ten. Yeah. I think this is easily the best horror movie I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, of course, I, I hope something comes in and unseats it because that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> but so far, this is the best thing that I've seen. Yeah, um, I, I'll have to watch Nope again. I think this is my favorite, but I loved Nope. Uh, but I like this better than Nope, yeah, I but I still do like it 2022, I, I still have a couple movies to watch to be caught up on the horror movies that have come out this year, but I think this has been a great year for horror. No kidding, man. Yeah. No kidding. And it's weird because... I see this thing happening just like, you know, whatever fucking else. It's like once A24 became really cool and put out some awesome stuff, yeah. you give it a couple of years and then it's like cool to hate on A24. Sure. Like I, I see so many horror fans that are just like, oh, elevated horror. It's A24. Blah. I'm still fucking on board. Me too. A24, keep doing the shit you're doing. I'm fucking here for it, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I... If- I think the horror audience is um, is so divided in some ways, but I love that we... I, I don't ever really notice horror fans actually letting it get in between, like, the horror community. Like, people definitely yeah. will have different opinions and think some things are trash that other people love, but uh, everybody is in agreement that horror is awesome. So Yeah, no kidding, man. If you don't like A24 I, horror, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I like it. But... I'm here for it, man. I think it's fucking awesome. And if you live in the the Knoxville area, uh, go down to Central Cinema. They're doing, like I said, a screening of this, but they're also doing a really cool deal where they're showing X and then Pearl and then X again. Oh. That way you can go and watch it either in order of release or chronological order if you want to. Oh, that's really cool. I think that's really dope. Like, I love to watch Pearl for the first time, then X right after it. Like, even right. though I just watched it, I'm ready to watch this movie again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I fucking love it. This is one of those that I, I will definitely watch a ton more times, because, like, I breezed through it three times. Not even fucking a problem. I, I yeah. love this movie. It's Ty West's best movie. I think yeah, I can say that. A, now that I've seen it twice, I will say. Yeah, because, I mean, House of the Devil is a fucking obsession of and mine. This is great. I like... It's great, yeah. I, I think, yeah, he's he's made so many good movies, and to, yeah, for this to be his best, fucking, I, I hope Pearl even surpasses it. Yeah, me too, man, me too. So we'll find out later on this week. Uh, Kate and I are going to go watch it later on this week. Yeah, I'm going to try to. I on it. It's going, going Central Cinema. Uh, yeah. Boy, I, I, I really, I really want to get to it, because I want to see this movie... Yeah. So bad. I, I I when I read about the sequel that will be coming out, I was like, Holy shit, this guy has like a fucking Mia Goth trilogy boiled up. I'm excited. I love that. And I love too that it just came about because because of fucking shit ass COVID where they traveled to New right. Zealand. They had to have two mm-hmm. weeks of quarantine before they started filming to right. make sure nobody has symptoms and he's like, Well, I guess I just wrote another movie while we were waiting. You want to film it? And Mia Goth is like, fuck yeah. Like, that rules. She's like, before awesome. even the acclaim that this movie got, she was already on board. Yeah, that she's, rules. She's man. fucking rad. I, I'm I'm glad that uh, he he got her for this role because, like, she, she brings that. Like, she's supposed to be, you know, the kind of, she's got the, like, freckle pattern around the one eye. And so she's, like, this unique beauty, uh, which is true of Mia Goth. Uh, but then, like she, 
man, she fucking nails that southern accent so yeah, many so times in like an uncanny way where it's yep. just like, oh, <laughs> she grew up down the street. Gotcha. Amazing, yeah. dude. I can't wait to see uh, Pearl. I can't wait to see whatever else Ty West has cooked up, man. That guy is speaking my language the same yep. way that Ari Aster is, right. the same way that um, Robert Eggers, yeah. Robert Eggers is. Yeah, it's like there's this kind of like trinity of modern horror directors that are just fucking reading my mind, giving me what I want. So I'm here to watch anything they have. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoy this movie too, and stay tuned for a, a Pearl mini-sode coming out in one form or another, probably later on this week. Yeah. I'm excited to check it out and talk about that one, uh, as well as what we're talking about next week, which I'll tell you guys about after I remind you guys to rate and review the show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, anywhere else you can do it. Uh, write it on a bathroom wall for a good time. Listen to <laughs> Dead and Lovely Horror Podcast. Love seeing that stuff pop up. But really, seriously, we've not gotten enough fucking reviews lately, guys. Review Give us more. some fucking reviews. It just takes a fucking second, and it really does help us out a ton. So be sure to do that, as well as support the show on Patreon. Yep, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Uh, should have one on the first Treehouse of Horror coming out soon with me and my wife, Emily, talking about that classic Simpsons um, but if you become a patron on a $5 level, $5, you get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl. And then we draw from the smoking bowl and we review the movie that we draw from the smoking bowl. It Woo! is pretty simple. Go do it. That's right. So be sure to support the show over there on Patreon today and uh, follow us on all our social medias. There's a link tree page. You can find mm-hmm. just look up link tree dead and level. You'll yep. find our Instagram, our Facebook, all that jazz, everything. Follow us on all those things as well as hang out with us next week where we're going to be talking about a movie that I actually almost watched like a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. It was between watching this and they slash them. Uh-huh. And then you and I were just like, Oh, we'll, we'll do this on the podcast soon. So I put off watching it. I've been excited to check it out, man. We're going to be talking about uh black phone yeah, next black week. Phone. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I I liked it when I watched it. I think I might find some cracks in it because uh, I've thought back on it and thought, oh, did that make sense? Um, but I think it's a solid movie. So I'm excited well, to talk about I'll it. I'll be the judge of that, huh? All right. So be sure to tune in next week. We'll be talking about that one. Also, really funny timing here because our friends over on the Werewolf Ambulance oh, right. Horror Podcast, <laughs> they did X last week oh no they did the black phone last week they did black phone last week that's what it is next week so yeah if you want a double dose of black phone and x check out werewolf ambulance's episode werewolf ambulance Mm -hmm. yep tell them that we sent you uh they're good folks over there i really enjoy their show a lot too so give them a listen sometime uh but you know definitely check out our show next week and hang out with your boys me your good buddy uncle ben me hollywood steve you guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye now. Ben, let me tell you. Um, I, I watched a lot of porn this week. Um, oh, so just this week, though. Just yeah, this okay. week. Not normal, yeah. not normal. Trying not, something out. No, it's it's entirely normal. Uh, but this week, I uh, was watching 70s porn specifically uh, yeah. because, you know, of the, the movie we were talking about. Uh, Research. One of the movies I watched was called La Bette.
And Ooh. it is an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. Um, it's French. Mon Dieu. <laughs> yeah, Mon Dieu. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> of calls. Did they say that? Um, was there a lot of that? It was like, are you going to yeah. fuck me? But of calls. Well, here's the thing is that it is a porn, but it doesn't have a ton of like sex. It's got a little bit of nudity, but it makes up for that about an hour and 19 minutes in. Because listen here. The porn is very much Beauty and the Beast. And the Beast ooh, is like okay, a yeah. special effect beast. Like, <laughs> like they have done makeup effects to create this beast. And it has a dick. Just a big old beast dick, huh? And, and it is. It is a beast dick. It kind of looks like a horse dick. And, ooh. <laughs> and it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Some somebody had to engineer this thing is what you're saying. Yeah, somebody worked real hard on La Bets to make sure <laughs> that the beast could come. And I'll tell you what, I think I ooh. saw this on that Guar documentary I watched last week. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they talked about this. I guess I had to get the idea from somewhere, right? I guess so. I guess they were sitting around watching La Bets and they were like but of course. <laughs> so, like, I mean, was it hot? Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's a big <laughs> horse dick coming everywhere, you know. Of course, yeah. Why not? <laughs> Damn, dude, this sounds intense. <laughs> Check it out. Things are just a little different over there, you know. Yeah. 